0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the We Love Moms Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Colin Curtis. I'm joined again by my good friend, Dana. Merry Christmas, Dana.
1: Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
0: Yeah, so last week uh, we actually did a live version of the podcast. Dana and I got together. My wife was very nice enough to make us dinner, and we decided to live stream it on the Anchor app uh, in, in the basement. And after about an hour and 45 minutes, we looked down at the phone and realized um, it's not recording. So (laughs) It it ended up cutting us off at an hour for some reason. Not sure what that was about, but we attached that to the week fours. Um, So if you're wondering where last week's show was, that's where it is. Um, So hopefully it doesn't do that again to us today, but if it does, we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do moving forward. We're going to have to talk... (laughs) So let us start with uh, the first game of last week. And, man, this week really the the main theme was weather because uh, a lot of these games were impacted by high winds or extreme cold or blistering snow or any of that kind of stuff. And this first game was the same way. So, they don't have you talk a little bit about the Jaguars and the Jets. Um, Jaguars win this one 19-3 going the wrong direction. The Jaguars are trending up. Now they lead the AFC South and potentially are setting up a, a weak matchup with the Titans for the division. So that should be exciting. Talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. I know you had a personal dilemma about should you start Trevor Lawrence in this game and you decided against it. Talk about how that panned out for you. Travis Etienne high carried and has really emerged as kind of one of these premium tight ends. Um, So talk a little bit about that Jaguars offense. And then on the reverse, the Jets and the benching of Zach Wilson. Uh, Can you trust any of these Jets uh, weapons moving forward?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll start with the Jets side of things. And, you know, when Mike Davis was out there, or Mike White, I'm sorry, not Mike Davis. Um, When Mike White was out there, honestly, you had a lot of production from people like Garrett Wilson and even Tyler Conklin caught a lot of passes. So I think going forward, um, you know, of course, this is the, for most if not all leagues this this week coming up is the championship game. So, you know, if you are in the championship, congratulations to those who made it Um, with, with Mike White coming out playing this week against the Seahawks um you're not really afraid of that matchup whatsoever I, I I honestly if you have if you have someone like a Garrett Wilson I think you're really confident with this with this matchup um the one thing that the downside from the Jets that I would be considering is you know Zalman Knight who really emerged himself for the past few weeks this week he really didn't really didn't make anything you know productive wise six carries for negative two yards and he caught one catch for 15 yards and if you started him that is not good fantasy production that you're expecting out of him. Um, so, you know, if, if you're in dire need of a running back uh, in the championship, I, I don't think you should be um, because if you made it this far, it was probably on the likes of whoever you had on your roster. So, you know, you're probably not looking to pick somebody up or you probably don't have him in your, in your, your roster. So I'm not going to go that far. But if you're in the championship and you do have um, Garrett Wilson, I think that you're pretty confident going forward with uh, Mike White against this um Seattle Seahawks defense. So I'm going to switch turns a little bit here and I'm going to talk about uh, Jacksonville. And as Colin mentioned, a dilemma, Um, you know, and I, I I picked up Trevor Lawrence off the waiver wire a few weeks back and um, I had Kyler Murray. So, You know, he went down in the first play or the first two plays of the game a few weeks ago. And, you know, me trying to make a playoff push, I was in a real dilemma because I no longer had that safety blanket of being able to just put uh, Kyler Murray out there. So I had a a decision to make between Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff. And I, I reached out to a few of my buddies, including Colin. Um, And, you know, Colin started with, hey, you know, I would start Trevor Lawrence and that's where my head was at. You know, we got a little bit closer to game time and the weather changed a little bit. And, you know, Colin reached out and said, hey, I think I would start Jared Goff over Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I put a lot more thought into it and I kind of felt the same way um you know w- when I was asking for you know who would you start when I when I reached out to you Colin as you know kind of looking for you know kind of like what are, what what a lot of people do just kind of looking for assurance on what your initial thought was and my initial thought was Trevor Lawrence so when you you know you backed me up on that and I was thinking like okay you know like hey I I have some reinforcement you know whatever and then you know I, I listened to a little bit more podcasts and I, I read more into it and I was like this game is going to be kind of playing at MetLife Stadium so I was like oh man you know I was was teetering and then you know you reached out you said hey Jared Goff and I was like you know what I'm gonna go ahead and put Jared Goff and it actually was the decision maker for my league of course that you know it wasn't the only decision maker because players played well or not well on each team, but I ended up winning that matchup to go to the finals by like a 1.8 points or like 2.4. So the difference of Trevor Lawrence's 18 fantasy points and Jared Goffs' 25 made a huge difference in my situation. But from this particular league for, for this particular game in fantasy, Trevor Lawrence did not do terrible. 229 yards in the air. Again, the weather was a huge factor here. But he had seven carries for 51 yards and a touchdown, which got you most of his points 11 of his 18 points. So you're really happy about that. And Travis Etienne, as I talk all the time, volume 22 carries, 83 yards, had three carries, 29 yards. Um, You know, so going forward, you know, this week, especially against Houston, who gives up a lot of rushing yards, um, I think you're really confident if you're in the finals with Travis Etienne. And honestly, if you have Trevor Lawrence this week, against houston it doesn't look like a good matchup on on paper because if you look at fantasy on espn it says that they're like the fifth ranked defense for this because a lot of teams are just running over them because they're just ahead by so much for these past few weeks so i wouldn't be too too worried about that so if you have Trevor Lawrence like i do i i I haven't made my final decision, but I believe that I'm going to start Trevor Lawrence over Jared Goff this week, even though Goff plays against Chicago. I'm still teetering that to myself. And, you know, if that's something we want to talk about later, we can, but I think that Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback and he could help you. He could help project win you, your fantasy league this year. Um, You know, you mentioned Evan Ingram and holy cow, did he make a huge emergence here in Jacksonville? Um, He arrived last year. Didn't really, you know, didn't really catch a lot of passes. Was kind of a back end player, but he's a really young, really talented player. Um, which he did for, which he was for the Giants, and he comes here and plays. It's been astronomical these past few weeks. Just this week, for example, again, tight ends, seven catches, 113 yards, no touchdowns, but that's okay because he got you 18 points. And from the tight end position, we talk 18 points is is you know low end Travis Kelsey numbers, and that is obviously a name you want to be, you know, in cahoots with. So if you have Evan Ingram or you picked him up or you stashed him or whatever the case is, I think you're really happy with him going forward. Um, Especially with this matchup against Houston and Houston has been no slouch this past few weeks. So it might not just be a running game show to try to, you know, kind of clear the clock. It might be a passing like, like these these Jacksonville Jaguars are fighting, as you mentioned, for a playoff spot. So they need every win that they can possibly get. So they might rely on Trevor Lawrence and his throwing ability and a little bit more of his rushing more than they ever have.
0: Yeah, and I just honestly think uh, the Jaguars had a better game plan going into that game. There's a lot of short passes out of the backfield, quick get it out of the hands of Trevor Lawrence just because of the weather. Uh, and they dominated from the very beginning. So they mean business. And uh, it's, it's cool to see the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of push here at the end of the season after a rough start. And Trevor Lawrence really emerging as a potential, you know, long-term quarterback solution for the Jaguars. So uh, the next game, speaking of long-term quarterback solutions, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns was supposed to be the long-term solution. He's going to have to be. We're paying the man $230 million. But uh, the Cleveland Browns are officially eliminated from playoff contention with a 17-10 to 10 loss to the Saints. First half, it started out good. The Browns, you know, were doing the best that they could. Obviously, again, as I mentioned before, weather was absolutely dismal in this one. Bitter cold, wind, uh, right up on Lake Erie. No one really looked like they wanted to be there, uh, maybe except for Taysom Hill. But (laughs) Deshaun Watson, 15 of 31 for 135 yards, an interception, he did run one in. That was the Browns' lone touchdown on the day. Nick Chubb, I mean, he continues to get the volume that you want him to get, 24 carries, 92 yards. But again, in a PPR league, he's not catching passes out of the backfield, so that's only getting you 9.2 points not what you expect from a guy that you probably had to draft in the second or third round. But, again, you continue to start him, I think. Obviously, if he's gotten you this far into the fantasy playoffs, then you can't turn away. Amari Cooper, though, just as a fan, it's, like, so frustrating because he had a drop in the back of the end zone in this game that could have made yeah, a he difference. Slipped. Yeah, you know, he slipped, the wind maybe caught the ball and made it a little awkward. But again, as an NFL receiver, I think even with the slip, he should have caught that pass. Um, and there's a few just close calls and some questionable play calling. That's kind of been the story of the Cleveland Browns season. But the Saints at six and nine potentially are still in playoff contention because they can win that just dreaded NFC South that no one seems to want to win. Um, but... You know, it was interesting that the Saints went to Taysom Hill quite a bit in this game. They, they constantly switched out Annie Dalton and Taysom Hill at quarterback. But, I mean, you knew their game plan. As soon as Taysom Hill came in, he was going to run the ball. Um, ends up having nine carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and Alvin Kamara, I mean, had 20 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. So, not, not the Alvin Kamara numbers that you typically want, but, uh, you know, serviceable day. Uh, and definitely, you know, if you've made it this far with him, you were probably happy if you started him. Um, Rashid uh, Shahid is a, another name that maybe in dynasty leagues is someone to look look to. Uh, he continues to seem to be this emerging talent, and you know, no one thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be talking about Rashid Shahid, undrafted free agent, rookie wide receiver. You know, this was the Michael Thomas and. Chris Olave show, but both those guys were out, so he stepped up in his place. I'm not starting him if I'm in a fantasy playoff final, obviously, but just the name maybe to keep on the radar as a, a late-round flyer for next year. And again, on the Cleveland Browns side of things, if you're in a fantasy final, besides Nick Chubb, uh, there's no one on this offense that I really would trust. Even David Njoku is is you know, temperamental as the tight end position is. He just hasn't really connected with Watson yet I don't know if any of these receivers are really connected with Watson yet and now that the Browns are eliminated I think they're going to try some you know different offensive schemes and try some new things and see what works and just kind of experiment and get ready for next season they're going against Washington this week um, so not a team that I really want to put anyone out there do you disagree Dana?
1: No, not at all. Um, I, I, you know, I think this situation that the bronze are in is almost good for the team because you can, you know, there's a lot of aspirations for the past four or five years, with Baker under center and the offense and defense that they built together of, you know, potential, you know, Super Bowl contenders. And, you know, with all the money, as you mentioned that they paid Deshaun Watson, I really think that they just need to take these few games and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of sit back and get the reins back together and get ready for next season.
0: Does Kevin Stefanski get fired?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that they need to give – I think that they need to give or should give um, him more time. I I don't agree with some of his play calling, but um, I think that they need to give him more time with Deshaun and Deshaun more time in the building with the rest of the boys there to figure things out.
0: I agree. What if uh, Sean Payton is willing to come to Cleveland?
1: You know, the, the the relationship he had with Drew Brees and what they did in New Orleans, obviously, you know, being a Saints fan, I love it. Um, but I, you know, I think that's a big, I think that's a big ask. And I think that's a big what if, um, mainly because I think that Sean Payton is building a crew to go somewhere else. Now, I don't know where, you know, maybe Carolina, you know, there's been talks of, you know, the Colts, places like that, um, you know, we Denver would- with, the, with, with Hackett, but. You know, I would be really surprised if he did come to Cleveland, but, um, you know, that would be awesome because Sean Payton's a really good quarterback coach. He's a really good offensive play, offensive mindset. So I, I think that that would be fun to have, but I don't think the fans is going anywhere personally.
0: Fair enough. Next game, Bills and the Bears. This one started out like a nail-biter, really close. The Bears were winning this game. Uh, early on, and and Josh Allen, obviously not having the fantasy performance that you would typically expect from him. Now he saves his day with a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns, but only 172 yards passing. Um, Bills are now 12-3. and three. They've pretty, they've locked up the AFC East. They've won that. Um, they're probably still pushing for that first seed against the Chiefs. Um, what are your thoughts about starting Bills and fantasy? Playoff finals, Devin Singletary had a big day. Can you trust him? Then on the Bears side of things, Justin Fields, if he is healthy enough to play, didn't have a great game in this one. It looked like he was playing slightly hurt, perhaps. Um, Is there anyone on the Bears, David Montgomery, Justin Fields, that you feel comfortable starting uh, in a fantasy playoff final?
1: Yeah, so Chicago's got Detroit this week, and Detroit is this year historically one of the worst defenses in all of the NFL history. So you know that they do have that going for them. Um, you know, I want to believe that just based on Justin Fields' performance, besides this week against the Bills, that it was an anomaly. And you know, I want to believe that he's that going forward, he's going to be good for you. Now, his performance this week from a fantasy perspective was not good. Um, you know, so if you made it this far, maybe you benched Justin Fields or you had a really good team built around him and he wasn't your, you know, he, he didn't produce for you. Um, but this week against Detroit, I think that you're, you know, if he is your quarterback, he's probably going to be listed on most sites is one of the top three top five quarterbacks um, because of his rushing ability. So I think that if you have him, you're rolling him out there. Same thing with David Montgomery, he's getting the carries 15 carries, 16 carries, I'm sorry, 62 yards. So you obviously don't like the, you know, the yardage he got, but you you're happy with the volume because he was the one that carried the ball the most Um, besides Justin Fields having seven and even Khalil only had six. Um, Other than that, you know, I'm really, I don't think that I'm really confident starting anybody else in this lineup. Uh, Cole Komet got five catches for 27 yards, but honestly, I think two or three of them were honestly in garbage time from Nathan Peterman, the backup from Chicago. I believe Cole Komet on the last drive or two caught two or three of his passes for, you know, average. The stat line looks decent, finishing with 7.7 fantasy points, but. I think there's better options from the tight end position there, even though they are playing against Detroit. You know, those are kind of always things that are toss-ups because you look at the matchup and you see Detroit being listed as one of the worst defenses, and Justin Fields, you know, being able to run, throwing decently, maybe some checkdowns to David Montgomery, and maybe some quick short passes to Cole Comet, but you just haven't seen it. And Cole Komet other than having – Two multi-touchdown games really hasn't been super effective, so um, that's why I believe honestly he's going to remain on my bench. But of course, it's you know it's only Wednesday, so that thing that could change. Um, going from the Buffalo Bills side and ugh, this backfield that we've talked about for a few weeks is just really it's really hard to figure out. Um, obviously, you're studying Josh Allen; he's going to be rated as the number one, number two quarterback. So there's really not much to talk about there. You know they played in see, at Soldier Field. Um, it wasn't that great of weather you know it was a little bit chilly as it was up here in Cleveland so um, you know we can we can list some of that as you know part of the weather but you know Devin Singletary 12 carries 106 yards and a touchdown and on any other on any other day that's awesome you know you're really happy with that he had two catches for 19 yards but James Cook is not taking this backfield lightly he's He's getting more carries. He's getting a lot of the receptions out of the backfield. He only had one for one reception and two targets this week. Um, but it looks like a real backfield by committee. And honestly, you know, we talk about touchdown dependent running backs and Ezekiel Elliott is the prime example. You know, honestly, uh, the Bears defense isn't that great. They, you know, they trade away Roquan Smith. So they they don't have like a defense that you're scared of. And the fact that you know seventeen Singletary, excuse me, had twelve carries for one hundred six. You're obviously happy with that, but going forward, you know, especially in the playoffs, I don't know if I would put my trust into him because he could put up another dud where James Cook goes for fifteen carries, a hundred yards, and two touchdowns, and Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary, could be left in the back. So, um, you know, if you have him, you're probably starting him unless you maybe have somebody else of of value, but. Um, me personally, this is a backfield that I would want to stay away from, from a championship perspective. Now in a dynasty, I'd be really happy with James Cook and keeping him Cause obviously it looks like this might be a changing of the guard next year of, of, you know, the same kind of roles as Tony Pollard and, and Zeke James Cook looks really good. He looks explosive because he's, he's young and Devin Singletary looks like the Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, so I would want to stay away from the backfield personally, but I understand if that's where you. You have to go. Uh, Colin, is there anything that you disagree on uh, with that or anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, on the Buffalo side of things, uh, a name that I would be starting setting and forgetting is Dawson Knox. Uh, I think uh, over the last – two weeks in a row. Yeah, I think it might even be three now that he has a touchdown in all those games. Again, he's very touchdown dependent, but what tight end isn't. And I I think finally he's starting to connect with Josh Allen – I know early on in the season and during draft time, I was looking to target Dawson Knox later on in drafts. Cause I thought this was a guy that has an elite offense and Josh Allen seems to like him in the in red zone. Uh, he finally starts to uh, produce here touchdown wise for you. And of course we talk about Gabe Davis being this like streaky, you know, touchdown dependent, big play dependent. And then, you know, he goes out, he leads the team in targets. Now again, it's a windy day, so they didn't throw a whole ton, but uh, he does have a touchdown in this one. Again, I don't feel brave enough to start him. Um, and really, the only wide receiver I feel comfortable with is Stefan Diggs, but he didn't have a great day. He only had two targets in this entire game, and uh, you know that's not going to sit well with Stefan Diggs. He's a target master. He wants the ball. So, But in terms of the backfield, it, it, this is just an NFL trend that we talk about every single week. It's like the good teams, they always have two backs. And, and they find a way to split the carries, which is not fantasy friendly. So it's, it's really hard to figure out, do I start Devin Singletary? Do I start James cook? It's, it's not like a Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott type situation where they both can produce for you. It's, it seems like most weeks it's one or the other this week. It was both. And and that I think was game scripts. It was the weather. It was, we're going to give these guys lots of carries. Um, But, man, if I'm in the fantasy finals and I have to decide should I start Devin Singletary, goodness gracious. I'll send prayers your way because I don't know if I would feel comfortable starting Devin Singletary or James Cook in a fantasy playoff final. But, yeah, Josh Allen has really had a weird year, Um, but they're winning games, and really that's all they care about. They don't care about us talking about fantasy sports on Anchor, so... Um, uh, they just care about winning games, and they're finding ways to win games. Just like Absol- the,
1: absolutely, and it, you know, just, just before you move on, you know, and I, you know, I apologize, I didn't talk about the receivers, but like Stefan Diggs, you know, the, the few catches, like he's been very underwhelming this past few weeks. But yeah, uh, where you drafted him in the first or second round, you're. There's there's no way you're sitting him like you're no. not putting him on your bench. There's absolutely no way. So, you know, I kind of looked over him because even with these few games, just like Devonte Adams did not have a, a good game these past few weeks. But like these are these are top name guys that you're not sitting. So it's it, you know it, it sucks to see that. And if that's the reason why you didn't make it to the finals, you know, again, just like I mentioned, Justin Fields did not have a great game. Like it's really unfortunate, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, you're still playing these guys regardless.
0: Yeah, there's a long list of guys that really put up some dud performances this week that may have cost you your semifinal, and uh, I'm one to talk. I was in two semifinals this week, and one and I lost one, and I lost one because there were several dud performances that we'll talk about along the way, but um, that's, that's the nature of the beast, which is why I always like two-week matchups. Um, you know, a lot of leagues only do a one-week matchup uh, for the playoffs, and I don't think that shows your team's full potential because you could have one of those dud weeks or weather, you know, can really screw with one of your, your weeks or an injury or something like that. So that's just me stepping up on my soapbox. But <laughs> the next game, another team that knows how to find ways to win, seems like it's a different recipe every single week. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they win 24 to 10 against the Seattle Seahawks, who, Kind of like the Jets have kind of fallen off. They're 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 losing games now. They started the season really hot, but I mean, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a difficult game. It was at ahead. I mean, it's a, it's a tough tough game. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, 16 of 28. Again, not the most efficient numbers. Uh, not what you typically expect from Patrick Mahomes. But again, it's a cold, windy day in the middle of Kansas City, so. Um, But the two touchdowns really saved your day Um, and Travis Kelsey picked it back up. He had a kind of a weak performance last week, Uh, six receptions, 113 yards. That's kind of more of what you expect from Travis Kelsey on the Seattle side of things. um, I mean, Geno Smith, 25 of 40, 215 yards and a touchdown. Um, A lot of that going to DK Metcalf on nine targets Um, So you like to see that. However, uh, moving forward, Tyler Lockett in the lineup starting next week. So those of you that have been kind of relying on high target volumes for DK might need to consider, you know, that might be a tougher decision this week if you want to start DK or not, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, Kenneth Walker, the third is, is again, speaking dynasty as I'm, you know, now eliminated from all but one of my fantasy leagues. I'm starting to look to next year of some of the names that are going really high in drafts. And I think Kenneth Walker very well could be a first round pick next year in fantasy drafts, just because he's a running back. It's a premium position, and seems to get the volume and he produces. I mean, 26 carries, 107 yards. Um, you would like to see him get in the end zone for you. You'd like to see him get a couple more catches. He had two receptions for negative two yards, but Pete Carroll, as long as he's the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, he loves running the ball. Uh, And Kenneth Walker seems to be their workhorse back. You know, they had the likes of Marshawn Lynch in the past. Um, They had the likes of drawing a blank on his name. Just retired because he had a knee injury. Uh, What's his name, Dana? The old Seattle Seahawks running back before or after Marshawn Lynch. Rashad Penny? Nope. Why am I drawing a blank on Old Seattle <laughs> Seahawks running backs.
1: Uh, that's the only person I can think of of the, the recent ones.
0: Come on now.
1: After Marshawn?
0: After Marshawn. He just retired.
1: Was out None. hurt
0: all last year
1: i'm not sure
0: chris carson chris carson uh okay can't believe i forgot chris carson but yeah point is he loves his running backs he loves big physical running backs and i think kenneth walker is a big physical speed. so that's a name that i would circle and, and try and target in your drafts i think he'll continue to be a focal point of that offense and on the kansas city side of things we talked about last week um Isaiah Pacheco continues to get the workload in terms of the carries. It was Jarek McKinnon who really uh, stepped up in a passing uh, role in terms of coming out of the backfield. He only had three receptions, but he did save his day with a touchdown. It's risky. It's like I'm in a fantasy final, and I have Jarek McKinnon as one of my potential running backs that I could start. And I don't know. I didn't like this performance from him, and it kind of scared me a little bit, and I'm not sure if I'm going to start him again over the likes of like a Cam Akers, who had a really good week this week. So we'll make that decision later on in the show. But uh, right now, the only people I feel really comfortable starting in Kansas City are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and I think that continues to be the trend. Um, if you need a running back, you cross your fingers with Isaiah Pacheco, you cross your fingers with Jarek McKinnon, you hope they fall in the end zone. But uh, other than that... Uh, Those are really the two that I feel comfortable starting, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Do you disagree? Is there any of these wide receivers that you feel comfortable enough starting? I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster only had four targets in this game. Kadarius Toney had two targets but a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Valdes-Scantling had two targets and no receptions. I mean, these are the typical names that people were starting in this wide receiving core.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And, you know, I was looking at those names and just thinking about what Mahomes said. And he even said at the beginning of the year, like, hey, fantasy owners, I'm sorry, but I don't know who the ball is going to go to. You know, he's like, it could be essentially it could be a different wide receiver each week. And that's kind of what we've seen. Um, the only consistent person on that offense catching the passes is Travis Kelsey. And that's the only person that I would consider, you know, that I would want to start for my fantasy championship. Um, If you play DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, um, like in FanDuel or DraftKings, and you want to take a shot at like a Juju Smith-Suster, you know, because he's typically a little bit cheaper on your draft board, like that's something I'm okay with. But if I'm going into the finals, I need stability, and that's not where I'm looking.
0: Yeah, and just as I mentioned, I just saw a report here on the side of uh, ESPN Seahawks. Uh, Tyler Lockett looked great in his walkthrough today and will return on Sunday. So, um, you know, those of you that were relying on the heavy target dosage to DK Metcalf, you might have to think twice if you have another option on the bench. But, you know, I like DK Metcalf. I think you continue to start him. I'm just saying now Tyler Lockett will be back. There will be a little bit more competition for targets there.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm – you know, I'm happy starting either of them in the wide receiver in my wide receiver two or flex. Um, do you disagree on that?
0: No, I mean it really depends. Like you always say, like on your build and and who you have on your on your bench. But I like guys that get a heavy target dose, and you know when those two are both playing, it it seems like one takes over, and you never know who that one's. There.
1: For sure, but if you like, if you were in the championship or you know whatever. If you had either one of them as your wide receiver, too, you know me personally. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident that that, you know, either one of them has some kind of volume, some kind of yardage. Um, so, you know, I'm, I if if Lockett's healthy, I'm starting him, um, and I'm, st- I think I'm starting DK Metcalf regardless, unless you have really good wide receivers.
0: Fair enough. The next game, the Minnesota Vikings squeaking out another close one. This is kind of their M.O. This is what they're known for. Uh, They win 27-24 at home against the Giants. Uh, Justin Jefferson had another big day. Obviously, you're starting him. In my opinion, Dana, I think he's the number one pick in in fantasy drafts next year. Uh, I think he goes over the likes of um, McCaffrey or you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor or someone like that, right? I, I think he's got to be the number one overall consensus pick, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. And then on the Giants side of things, I ended up starting Daniel Jones in one of my leagues where Jalen Hurts went down hurt this week. Um, and, you know, serviceable day, 334 yards, a touchdown. Do you trust Daniel Jones if you're in a similar predicament if Hurts, again, does not play this week? Um, would you trust starting him in the fantasy championship if he got you there? Uh, and then Saquon Barkley, again, 14 carries, 84 yards. You like to see that. And then he fell in the end zone. So that also helps. Um, so, thoughts on this Giants offense as they are fighting for their fantasy future or their playoff future? I <laughs>
1: um,
0: and, and we're hoping for fantasy sake that their playoff push helps us. And then on the Minnesota side of things, any notes besides obviously Justin Jefferson just being stuff?
1: <clears throat> so I'll start with the Giants because I think that'll be a little bit quicker. Um, you know, if you have Daniel Jones, um, he gave you a serviceable week. Um, but, you know, Gardner Minshew honestly did not do bad as the, the fill-in for um, – Jalen Hurts, he finished the week as quarterback six, if I'm not mistaken. It was either quarterback six or quarterback eight for the week. And, you know, with him just filling in for that August, that Eagle August, that Eagles offense, um, you know, it was not that bad, especially against, you know, the likes of Dallas. Um, so just from a pure offensive standpoint, I would consider, you know, if you have Daniel Jones and Gardner Minshews available, I would consider them too, depending on matchups this week. Um, but what Daniel Jones did this week is essentially what he's going to do for you, um, with in in regards to maybe getting another, maybe getting a touchdown, a little bit more yardage. Um, but from from the Giants' perspective, this is the kind of game that you wanted from Saquon. This is the kind of game that Saquon Barkley can show you that he can give. 14 carries, 84 yards, touchdown on the ground, perfect. In a PPR league, eight catches only for 49 yards. That's eight fantasy points plus 4.9 for the 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 yardage. So like from an offensive perspective, like this is exactly what you're looking for from Saquon. And you know, we've talked about it and Isaiah Hodgins has really emerged as a decent receiver for the Giants. Um, you know, this week he had eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Last week he had four for 37. The week before four for 38 and a touchdown. So other than last week against Washington, he's had a touchdown in three out of four games. And, you know, that's pretty impressive. So um, not somebody I'm starting in the fantasy championship, obviously, because I'm a little bit more um, conservative when it comes to that, because this is not the time to be taking chances and doing things like that. But um, Richie James has been pretty consistent, eight catches, 90 yards. So, you know, 17 fantasy points out of your receiver, especially from the giants is, is not bad. Um, again, not guys that I'm going out and getting and starting, Uh, unless you know saquon barkley of course i would um but from receiving end, i don't think i want any part of them in the fantasy championship um and going to the uh minnesota side um this offense just amazes me every week because they can go from you know polar opposites of not being able to put up any points to something like this where they went off a 60 something yard uh greg joseph field goal and You know, Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. He's an easy lock. TJ Hawkinson coming over from um, Detroit, now coming to this team, 13 catches, 109 yards and and two touchdowns. Like, from a tight end perspective, just this game alone may have won you your league if the rest of your team did decent or may have pushed you to the next round. Um, You know, those are two guys that I'm obviously starting um, week in, week out. Dalvin has not been the same Dalvin Cook that you are, you know, expecting him from where you drafted him 14 carries 64 yards he's getting the most carries on the team which is obviously what you're looking for the bulk of the carries but he's just not being super effective and only having three catches for 13 yards in a ppr league it looks nice and it helps his, his stats a little bit but you know him finishing with you know 11 points is not what you want is not what you need from dalvin to push you into the championship or to win a championship so you're kind of hoping that this week he he, he writes the ship for the final week of, of most fantasy teams and, and really pushes you to your championship. Um, you know, your question and, you know, Justin Jefferson being picked first overall, um, I can't, I, I would definitely not argue against you on that because I think that that's a very valid, that's a very valid pick. The, the things that he's done in his rookie year last year, this year is just absolutely in, incredible. Like, He's had very few dud games and a lot of stud games. But I still think that at the end of the day in a PPR league, I, I still believe that people are still going to lean toward Christian McCaffrey being the number one. And, you know, I think that that's arguable with whoever, you know, would whoever would want to argue that. But if you had the first overall pick and you took Justin Jefferson next year, I personally wouldn't fault you for it. If you took Christian McCaffrey, number one, I also would not fault you for it. I think both of those players are potential league winners and are going to push you really far into your playoffs. Like just imagine Like, I'm thinking about it now. I took, I had the third round. I had the third overall pick in in our league and I had Justin Jefferson last year who did me exceptionally well, but I just wanted to change things up. So this year I took Cooper cup and, because he was an absolute fantasy stud on PPR of catching passes and, and receiving yards. Um, but, you know, he went to IR, he got hurt. Uh, Matt Stafford didn't play too well this year. So obviously, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have picked Justin Jefferson. But that just goes to show you that the consistency of Justin Jefferson being out there on the field and being healthy and being able to catch passes is, you know, almost something more, is, is almost something that's worth more than anything else you might consider.
0: So Dan, I want to hear your filthy little mouth
1: admit that Adam Thielen is washed
0: up. Um six yards. Come on now.
1: This was not his game. I, 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 I don't know if I would say washed up, but
0: he's washed up.
1: I mean he only had five targets. You know, Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson both had double-digit targets and receptions, so it's it, it's kind of hard to say he's washed up, but he's, you know, not somebody that I would be targeting whatsoever at all in any of my leagues at any point in time. Uh, the, the inconsistency, and that, that's the thing. You know, even last week, last week against the Colts, three catches, 41 yards, and touchdown, that's still only 10.1 fantasy points. Like, that's not somebody you're putting into your lineup so, like, from a, from a fantasy perspective, definitely, like, I'd rather, almost, I'd almost rather have KJ Osborne. But from a, you know, from a NFL standpoint, I think he's a decent enough number two wide receiver for your team. If you're like in this scenario with the Vikings having TJ Hawkinson being a tight end and uh, Justin Jefferson, like, I think that Adam Thielen is a decent complementary wide receiver to both guys.
0: I think K.J. Osborne is a sneaky year's drafts because I think Adam Thielen will be on his way out the door. I don't know his contract situation, but I would not be surprised if he's not a Minnesota Viking next year. And K.J. Osborne steps into that number two wide receiver role. Obviously, he's got to compete with K.J. Hawkinson for targets. But um, I I might circle that name someone I might pick a late-round flyer on and (sighs) hope for the best. Um, Bengals, Patriots. This Bengals team—I hate to say it—as a Browns fan, they're just fun to watch and they're exciting. Absolutely, and they, yeah, they have really fun players. Joe Burrow just continues to sling the ball. Forty of fifty-two, um, three hundred seventy-five yards, three touchdowns. Uh, a lot of that, one hundred twenty-eight yard touchdown and joe mixon you you know you like these 16 carries you wish you would have done a little bit more with it there's a lot of people in this offense that you very well might be in the fantasy pl- uh, final because of it and i you know talking about our league obviously elijah starts joe burrow he starts t higgins so he's got two of these guys on his team um that have gotten him this far and you know, this this team is going to be really good for years to come. I mean, Jamar Chase had 11 targets in this game, eight receptions and 79 yards. So, uh, interestingly enough, this guy, Trenton Irwin, who's got a nice long blonde flow, has uh, caught three touchdown passes in the last two weeks. So, uh, not a new one that you're picking up. Or, uh, but DFS, as, as Dana said, is he's, he's hot right now and it seems like People are having to focus so much on Higgins and Jamar Chase that they're leaving the guy wide open. So um, maybe you want to toss him out there in a DFS lineup. But, I mean, you're starting Joe Burrow. You're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting Higgins, You're starting Jamar I think that's pretty simple. Going over the Patriots side of things, I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year. I uh, I think that experiment... You know, While his numbers were 21 of 33, uh, 240 yards, two touchdowns, he just doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Uh, Just kind of looks a little lackluster to me. He showed some promise last year, so maybe I'm giving up on him a little too fast. But your boy, Dana, Ramondre Stevenson, did not have a very good game. Seems as if maybe he's not playing fully healthy. I mean, this time of year, no one is. But uh, 13 carries for 30 yards, that could have lost you your fantasy semifinal. I mean, uh, this is one of those players that had a fantasy. And then you look at the. <coughs> Again, it's this Kendrick Bourne, <coughs> Myers, no one that I feel comfortable starting in a fantasy playoff. So, um, yes, they both had six receptions. Yes, they both had a touchdown. But. Really, the only person in this New England team that I feel comfortable starting is Ramondre Stevenson. I think he'll he'll bounce back. Um, I don't know if he'll have the same kind of performance he had last week, but I think he's gotten you this far. Everyone's allowed to have a bad game now and then. Uh, I think Ramondre Stevenson. <coughs> I'd feel comfortable starting uh, moving forward. Any other notes there, Dana?
1: Um, no, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on both sides of the ball. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's nice seeing, you know, as, if you're a Joe Mixon owner, it's nice seeing Samaji Piran only get four carries. Now, who knows if this was by design or by, you know, by game script, by game script or by design, um, but for a, from a Joe Mixon standpoint, you know, you're happy to see that. Um, you know, the only thing that I ask about is, and, you know, is, is the Patriots defense. You know, we're, we're talking about championships, and, you know, the Patriots defense in fantasy is, by a, a points per game fantasy-wise, is rated the number one defense currently. So at their past matchups, they had the Bills, they had the Bengals, and now this week they have Miami. It, it's hard to have wanted to have started them either these weeks, but they've gotten you – I believe uh, 12 and 11 fantasy points respectively in the past two games. So like from a defense, you know, looking at this being 22 to 18, now I know they got a pick, you know, a fumble, I think it was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So it helped their fantasy day a lot. Um, but with, with Tua being officially ruled out and Teddy what, Bridgewater being the quarterback, you know, I let me. A- I want to ask you: Do you think that the New England Patriots' defense moves up in the defensive standings for Week 17 for the championship?
0: Yeah, so you got to be careful about that. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a slouch. I really don't, and I think he's got two elite wide receivers that he's going to try and get the ball to. And Miami's still pushing for a playoff spot. So, you know, Tua's is out this week. It sounds like um, it's not but it sounds like he's going to be out. Um, And I I think Teddy Ridgewater is a serviceable backup quarterback. For me, it's, I would go to the waiver wire and I would look to matchups. That's just me personally. um, And and just see who are the Atlanta Falcons playing. Like I I think that's a really bad offense that may, you know, do pretty well again. Or Houston
1: Houston plays against Jacksonville this week.
0: Okay. So, (laughs) um, you know, or the Denver Broncos, like, who are they playing against? Because their offense is is just terrible. But, um, you know, Patriots, maybe if they've gotten you this far, you trust them. Uh, it seems like they're pretty good at forcing turnovers. So, uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater throws a few interceptions. Maybe you get a fumble recovery, something like that. Is that game at Gillette Stadium? Is that in Boston?
1: Um, I am not 100% sure. Let me tell you. Um. They are in Gillette
0: Stadium, yes. Yeah, so weather might play a factor. You know, it's supposed to be kind of windy and wet this weekend. So um, you know, who knows? But yeah, Patriots, if they've gotten you this far, I don't blame you for wanting to stick with them. I think they're they force a lot of turnovers and they're well coached. So and that's really what you want at this time of the year. And they're still fighting for fantasy fantasy, goodness, I keep saying fantasy, but <laughs> they're fighting for actual playoff hopes. So Um, might not be a bad call.
1: Yeah, so um, the latest news as of 12 hours ago on Tua is that he was officially diagnosed with a concussion. So I would be extremely surprised if he plays this week against um, New England. And, you know, that is a matchup. You know, I have the New England Patriots defense, and I actually picked up Jacksonville off the waiver wire, which is why I asked you. Um, The last time Teddy Bridgewater got the – um, got the start the horn. He got 300, I think he was 323 yards, one touchdown and two picks. So that is something, you know, is, is, is going to be a hard decision to make because new England time and time again, on the defensive perspective has given you decent fantasy points, at least enough to be number one. So even with the matchups, it's kind of hard to, you know, to, to, to sit them with them performing. You know, if you get 10 points out of a defense, that's a pretty damn good day.
0: Yep. I would take yeah. If you promised me 10 points for my defense at the beginning of the day, I would say set it and forget it. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, lock it in. I, I don't want any more. I don't want any less. So give me that 10 points and I would run. But yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that later this week before you uh, set your lineup officially. So Um, the next game, unfortunately, the Detroit Lions' hot streak has come to an end in surprising fashion. They went on the road to Carolina. Carolina ran all over them, 37-23. to 23. Um, Jared Goff had himself a day. As Dana brought up earlier, he ended up starting him over Trevor Lawrence. That was a good decision. Um, most of this came in garbage time, though, because the Lions really – got beat i mean the panthers dominated from kind of the get-go so the the lions were playing catch up i don't know if you can trust that kind of game script uh you know moving forward so i know dana's got to decide again trevor lawrence jerry goff <laughs> i don't know if you can trust that kind of game script but he was the number one pick for a reason. Um, you know, he this guy can sling it. And I, I think the Rams may have gave, given up on him a little too soon. It obviously worked out for them uh, in the short term. They had a terrible year this year. But to win a Super Bowl with, you know, Stafford, I, I don't think they regret that trade whatsoever. But, I mean, talk about this Panthers backfield. Uh, you know, it's two guys yet again. I mean, this seems to be the trend in the NFL. You got Deontay Foreman, yes, with 21 carries, 165 yards, and a touchdown. You love to see it you also have Chuba Hubbard with 12 carries, 125 yards, um, and no touchdown. No, no, no touchdown. But, I mean, two serviceable days from two running backs. So, uh, I don't know. It, to me, it kind of seems like a Buffalo Bills backfield situation again, where you have two guys that are kind of splitting the carries. Um, does seem like Deontay Foreman is the lead back, but um, – you know, imagine if Chuba Hubbard had given half those carries to Deontay Foreman, and he has you know 30 carries or so. You know, you would much rather see just one guy kind of dominating. But I think you can trust starting Deontay Foreman in a fantasy playoff final if if you've made it that far with him. Uh, maybe Chuba Hubbard as a risky flex play, but um, that seems to be the bread and butter of this Carolina Panthers team that now has a chance to win. Uh, the NFC South. Um, They're actually playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week or next week. I think it's this week. Uh, And that could potentially decide who wins the NFC South. So I don't think anyone thought the Carolina Panthers would be in the playoff hunt, but here they are. Um, The only wide receiver in this team that may be startable is DJ Moore. And we've been burned by that time and time again. But to have five receptions, 83 yards and a touchdown. Obviously Sam Darnold feels pretty, you know, good with that. I heard on another fantasy podcast that, uh, he's getting 25% target share with Sam Darnold, uh, throwing the ball. So anytime you can get a wide receiver out there, that's getting the ball thrown to him one out of every four times you start him. I, I mean, I think he's a wide receiver too, if not a flex, um, over to the Detroit Lions side of things, I wouldn't panic. I mean, I think this is still a dominant offense. Um, the rushing, though, like DeAndre Swift, I'm so glad I traded him away because he's just a massive head out. Uh, the only have four carries and 12 yards, like – and then Jamal Williams, again, without that touchdown, seven carries, 11 yards. I mean, the leading rusher for the Detroit Lions was Jared Goff. So that just kind of tells they they weren't able to run in this game because they were getting their butts kicked most of the game, so they had to play catch up. Um, and a lot of those targets continue to go to Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he is a wide receiver one. I think he's legit, and I think uh, moving forward, he's going to be a you know a third round, fourth round pick in, in drafts next year. Where you know this is a guy that people are targeting as a wide receiver or two high end one. So. But really the story of the game, and I want to ask you, Dana, is uh, Shane Zolstra. I think that's how you say it. Um, As you mentioned, uh, TJ Hawkinson was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Shane Zolstra stepped in and is now the new tight end for the Detroit Lions. Um, He had five receptions, 26 yards, so big whoop, but he had three touchdowns. Um, Huge day for him. At the tight end position, is this someone that you think uh, you can start or is this like a one-week
1: fluke? <clears throat> um, you know, um, all my answers to all the questions are, you know, that you asked and that we talk about are going to all be in regards to the fantasy, to a fantasy football championship, right? But, so because we're at that point in the year where, like, You know, maybe if you saw this performance in week four or week five, you know, you might pick them up, put them on your bench and see what happens. But this late in the year when this is probably your last week, if not your second last week, like people that you're going to, in my opinion, throw out there and just hope. Right. So even with TJ Hawkinson gone last week against the Jets, one target two weeks ago against Minnesota, two targets, three weeks ago against Jacksonville, one target. Like he just so happened to have a nice game this week. So if if you took a, if you took a dig at him randomly in fantasy in DFS, like obviously you were super happy, but you know, even at the tight end position, that's not somebody that I would go ahead and target. I would honestly look at more of a, you know, Evan Ingram's probably not out there, so I can't say him, but maybe even like a Cole Komet, like I would take him. Um, A Hayden Hurst coming off of, you know, injury from Cincinnati was fairly targeted. Like I would consider him like if Darren Waller was dropped, like I would maybe even consider him even with Jared Stidham against San Fran. Like, I just think that there's so many other people who have the potential to be more consistent than this one huge performance.
0: Would you start him or David Njoku?
1: (sighs) I think that I would take my chances with David Njoku just because he's been more proven um you know these past few weeks have not been great with Deshaun underneath the, the the horn there taking the snaps but um throughout the year even under Jacoby and he's he's getting targets under Jacoby he was fantastic like Injoku a really good player so like just this one off performance I don't think that I would go run and grab him off waivers and toss him in over at Joku
0: yeah, I think he's maybe a name to to look at in your drafts next year as like a late round absolutely <laughs> flyer you know if you don't want to spend a premium pick on a tight end and get the travis kelsey or mark andrews or george kittles you know he might be one of those end of draft people that you take a chance on so
1: and i think these next few weeks especially if that's what you're looking at you know a lot of people are looking for next year and these are the types of things you want to look at now is you know who's getting the target so if if shane gets you know Five plus targets in the next two games you know this week next week being week 17 18 maybe that is somebody you look to target late in the drafts you know I talked to Colin you and I talked a little bit prior to our draft and you know you said if you can't get one of the premium tight ends someone you might look toward is like you know Evan Ingram who panned out later in the year not so much early but like you know things like that anything can happen but if he becomes more of a focal point in the passing offense getting four or five targets a game at tight end you know that could translate to five reception 50 yards and 10 points from a tight end week to week, not terrible.
0: Yeah, I'm not starting DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams in a fantasy. I,
1: I don't think you can. No. I, I I wouldn't feel – like, yeah, I know, again, you know, like you mentioned, this is game script and they were behind and they were throwing a lot because Goff had to throw 42 times. But even before this week, like eight, eight carries, 52 yards, five catches, like, okay, three catches – before that 21 yards, like you're just not getting that consistency that you need. Like I would honestly consider getting a Brian Robinson against Chicago or against Cleveland this week over Deandre Swift.
0: Absolutely. Uh, next game is the Atlanta Falcons who have really fallen off and they have now been mathematically eliminated from uh playoff contention. So their season's over. I think they kind of knew that when they decided to start Desmond Ritter a few weeks ago, uh, they wanted to see what he had and, Well, he's connecting well with Drake London. You know, this Atlanta Falcons offense uh, has kind of fallen flat. I mean, it was never anything special to begin with. So um, they fall to the Ravens 17-9. The Ravens have now clinched a playoff spot. Um, They're still fighting with the Bengals for the AFC North title, but they are going to go to the playoffs with 10 wins. Um, My question to you, Dana, Lamar Jackson, obviously his status is still up in the air for this week um if he's back do you have a little bit more faith in mark andrews um and the backfield really split between gus edwards jk dobbins and even tyler huntley who had 11 carries so um can you st- trust a gus edwards or a jk dobbins in the, in the fantasy finals And then on the other side, obviously, Tyler Algier the last few weeks has really taken over as the lead back um, in this Atlanta offense. I think they know Cordero Patterson obviously is on the wrong side of 30, and they want to see what they have um, in Tyler Algier. You feel comfortable starting Tyler Algier if you're in a fantasy playoff final?
1: um I'll talk about Baltimore first and I'll start with Mark Andrews and you know you've talked ad nauseum about him and I just want to reiterate that he has just been you know the capital you paid for him he's just been an absolute disappointment um and whether that's in regards to quarterback play you know with Tyler Huntley and even when um you know Lamar's healthy but just the past five weeks have just been really really rough for him and this is a guy that This is the first week, I will say, you know, this is what I want to mention. This is the first week in a long time where I've not seen Mark Andrews listed as the number two ranked tight end. Um, Last time I looked, they had um, Evan Ingram listed just above him on, I think it might have been, I don't think it was ESPN, but I think it might have been on like Yahoo. Um, I forgot where it was. But they had like Mark Andrews and... Evan Ingram listed extremely close to each other on like an average rating like that is absolutely insane because you you know where you drafted Mark Andrews as I mentioned is Travis Kelsey one Mark Andrews two that's how it's been for the longest time and even maybe at the beginning of the year swap you know Mark Andrews one Travis Kelsey two but this Ravens offense has just been a huge disappointment for these past few weeks and like you know, I I had J- I have J K Dobbins sitting in my IR spot because I'm out of the playoffs, so I haven't made any moves because it's just like you know there's really no need because I can't do anything. But like, you know, he had the same kind of performance when he first came back like two weeks ago when he made his his second round his second debut like 15 carries, 120 yards and touchdown. Like that's what you wanted from him. Last not this past week against Atlanta, but against the the Browns, 125 yards, like 12.5 fantasy points you know, one catch, but whatever, like you're happy with that. But like this week, 59 yards and get 12 carries is putting with Gus Edwards. Like, I just think that that's how this backfield is going to be. So um, I'm really not confident going forward with this offense. If Tyler Huntley is still under center. Now, if Lamar comes back, I'm probably starting Lamar. If he's like, you know, says he's fully healthy or he can play. I don't think you really have a choice. If you're in the championship, you made it this far with Mark Andrews, you're probably still starting him. I, that's sad to say, but, he caught three passes for forty-five yards, and that was the leading, like that was the leading target and reception getter receiver on on Baltimore. So, I mean those those are the only two people I'm super like com- I'm confident in riding with. Like, maybe a dart throw at Gus Edwards and DFS, maybe a dart throw at J.K. Dobbins and DFS. But if I have either of them, I don't want to start them in, um, you know, in a fantasy playoffs. Honestly. Um, to transition to the other side i would much rather have tyler algier over either of those two guys and you know we talked about it before and i'm really glad to see that desmond ritter took the reins on this one and you know he's a rookie this is like his second or third game starting but this is from the atlanta receiving core this is what you're expecting this is what you wanted all year long drake london seven catches 96 yards right no touchdowns but 16.6 fantasy points, that's where Drake London, being the first wide receiver taken off the board, should have – like this is the production he should be giving you. Tyler Algier came out of nowhere being a fifth or sixth-round pick. 18 carries, 74 yards, as you mentioned, kind of giving the reins over from Cordero. But I think Cordero's a really good, you know, change of pace, third down back. He's still a really good runner. So, like, if he's out there for a few series, I, I think that that helps Algier. Um, in the long run, as long as he continues to get that kind of volume and he did get four catches, uh, Tyler Algier did four catches for 43. So I, I am really excited to see this offense next year Atlanta that is um, when Kyle Pitts is back and healthy and Desmond Ritter looks to be the person that they're going to go with. So if he can continue this kind of passing attack, I think that the likes of Drake London and Kyle Pitts are going to be good players next year for fantasy.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Dana, on the, the starting Lamar Jackson this week if he's healthy. Um, if
1: and, he's 100% healthy?
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you why. And it's, it's because he has not been the Lamar Jackson that we all think of when we think of his MVP season, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at his stats this year, and obviously I won't count the Denver game. He went out injured in that game, but... Jacksonville, he had 23 points. Carolina, he had 15 fantasy points. New Orleans, he had 17 fantasy points. Tampa Bay, 21 fantasy points. Cleveland, New York Giants, 16. Cincinnati, 14. Buffalo, 13. Like, th- those aren't numbers that you expect from Lamar Jackson. Like, Definitely. It's, just, it's been a really disappointing year for him, and I don't know if it's been helped. Or, you know, this lingering contract over his head. But if you're in the fantasy playoff final and you have gotten here without Lamar Jackson, I feel like I would rather take a chance on streaming a Jared Goff or streaming a a Daniel Jones. I know as crazy as that sounds, but, like, I feel like they're more sure-handed than, you know, let's say, I don't know, just... Lamar Jackson being a running quarterback and coming back from an injury, just in a cold, where are they playing, playing the Steelers? Is it in yeah, the-
1: Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? I believe they're playing at Pittsburgh. I can tell you in a second. Yeah. It- uh, no, they're playing at home in Baltimore, but either way.
0: But it's a Sunday night. Oh, I just wouldn't feel comfortable starting them. Um, I would want to see it before I put him out there in the fantasy playoff final. And I'd be really ticked if I started him and, you know, he ended up getting re-injured or they were really conservative with his play calling. And, and, you know, it's a really close, tight-fought game of two teams that, you know, typically play to a really close game with each other. So for me, even if he's healthy, I'm not starting Lamar Jackson. I would look elsewhere.
1: So so let me ask you, because you, you mentioned the names, you know, that you would start I, – I assume you, you meant you would start Jared Goff over him. You would start yes. – Um, so, so let me ask you, all right, um, we're just, just a quick two names that come to the top of my head. Would you start Lamar Jackson or Gardner Minshew? Assuming Jalen Hurts is, is not healthy.
0: Ooh, who do the Eagles play this week?
1: Um, the Eagles play. Sorry, I can't find it. Give me one second. The Eagles play New Orleans.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh,
1: I, I ask because these are, you know, these are legitimate fantasy championship struggles that you might run into, you know, yeah. like
0: yeah.
1: because if you had Jalen Hurts, or let's say you have Lamar, like Gardner Minshew might be out there. Of course, you know, Jared Goff might be out there, and I would probably agree with you on Goff. Um, I would agree with you if you would say Trevor Lawrence over him, like I would play Trevor Lawrence. But like if you're in a real dilemma, of if you have Lamar Jackson, like if Gardner Minshew's out there, I know, would, which I one would, would you choose?
0: To. I would start Gardner Minshew. I think he showed it last week that he can sling it. Um, and and honestly, I think I would start like a Mike White. Like, like I I'm to that with Lamar Jackson. Like, okay. I I just I for me it's it's just a trust issue with him, and I I just have this feeling that coming back from a couple weeks of injury. They're going to be real conservative with him in a Sunday night game against the Steelers. It's going to be low scoring. They haven't been a, a – I saw a stat that their passing touchdown this past week to Demarcus Robinson it was the first time that they had thrown a passing touchdown to a wide receiver since week four. Oof. Are you like, kidding me? Oof. Like, <clears throat> So I just – I and with Mark Andrews not playing well and they're a running team. And I just, I don't know if they're going to say, Hey, Lamar, go run like a running back out there. Like I I just, they need him for the playoffs and I would be really hesitant um, to start Lamar Jackson. I would just be too scared to do it. I think.
1: Yeah. I I could agree with you there. Just a, a two quick, two real quick questions. And then, you know, just one talking point. Like if I'm Lamar, like I almost, I almost don't know if I want to continue this season because like, if you go in and you're not hundred percent and you get hurt again, like the Baltimore Ravens have no obligation to pay you any kind of money. So you could be out on a ton of money and a job, you know, or if you get hurt again, you might not play for Baltimore next year. And you could play for someone else. Um, So like, you know, that's, that's an honest thing that I would consider. And then the other question, I just, just a quick, you know, who you would pick, like, would you like, you know, because we just talked about Gardner Minshew and that offense and them having weapons? Like, would you pick, would you start Lamar Jackson, assuming he's healthy, or would you start Teddy Bridgewater?
0: Oh, because so,
1: so I asked that because, like, that's a similar, like, that Miami offense is similar to the offense of Philly because Philly has a really good offense. So, like, you know, I'm not saying Gardner Minshew's bad, but like, you put someone like Gardner Minshew, who's a decent quarterback in there, and he could make that offense work with my, with, the pro bowler Myers sanders and aj brown same thing with tyreek and you know Jalen waddle so like i think that that's another good comparison
0: call me crazy but i i would take teddy bridgewater i really would um just because i think he's got better weapons to throw to and i think they're in a situation where they have to win that game in order to keep their playoff hopes alive um so, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater goes out and starts slinging the ball. Like you said, he threw over 300 yards passing when uh, he was out there the last time. So, I I think if I was in that situation, I would go elsewhere. I think there would be better streaming options than a Teddy Bridgewater. But if those are your only two choices, I think I would still I think I would still go Teddy Bridgewater, believe it or not. It's bold. Yeah, it's bold, but luckily I'm not in that situation. And hopefully <laughs> Uh speaking of bold, phew, these Houston Texans, man. Gritty I, boys out there. I know, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, I'm gonna keep this game very brief because we're already over our time for where we'd like to be. There is no one on the Houston Texans that I want to start in the fantasy playoff finals. No one. Um, not Davis Mills. I'm not starting Royce Freeman, their leading carrier this week. Uh, with 16 carries and 32 yards, got to love that efficiency. And I'm not starting this plethora of wide receivers. Uh, even Brandon Cooks, who had nine targets, four receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I wouldn't be brave enough to start him. I mean, it's a loose, low-end flex target at bet. Switching over to the Tennessee side of things, with Malik Willis throwing the ball, and, you know, he's going to be the quarterback uh, for the rest of the season – one, I think Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South because I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to win a game the rest of the year. Um, and Derrick Henry is doubtful for this week. Um, and if that's the case, whew, I'm staying away from this offense as well. I want nothing to do with it. I'm not starting his replacement. I'm not starting Malik Willis, obviously. There's way better options. And I'm not starting any of these wide receivers in this um in this offense. Now, Hassan Haskins is the backup to Derrick Henry. There's been talk like, Oh, if Derrick Henry's out, they're going to give the rock to this guy. I don't trust it. I wouldn't even think about starting a a player on either of these two offenses. Do you disagree? Is there anyone on these two offenses that you would want to start?
1: No, to be honest with you next week, I'd rather start the Dallas Cowboys defense over anybody on the Tennessee Titans offense
0: bingo. Uh, well then we'll go right to the next game and that is the 49ers now 11 and 4 after a 37 to 20 win over the Washington commanders who you know are playing Cleveland next week at home um, and they need a win and they've decided to switch quarterbacks. Um, you know our boy Taylor Heineke has has lost his job here. It's back to Carson Wentz. It's a bold move for a team. That you know had won quite a few games under uh, Taylor Heineke, but I think Carson Wentz is the better talent. Um, so I guess the question is to you, Dana, with Carson Wentz now throwing the ball, do you feel more comfortable in the likes of Terry McLaurin? Um, you know, anyone else in that offense that you feel more comfortable with? The backfield of Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, yet another two-headed monster to deal with. Um, are you starting either of those two guys? And then on the San Francisco side of things, Brock Purdy, I mean, he continues to look really good. Um, Is this someone that you would stream a quarterback? Like, would you start him over Lamar Jackson? And uh, George Kittle has been on fire. Obviously, you're starting him at the tight end position. Um, And then Christian McCaffrey, uh, I think, is a a lock anyway. But is there anyone in uh, the San Francisco offense that you want to talk about as well?
1: Um, I'll make this, I'll make this one kind of quick. Um, no, I don't want to start Brock Purdy as my quarterback. I don't think I would take him over Lamar. I love that offense and the defense. And I think that these are the kind of gritty games that San Francisco is going to win going forward. Um, you know, with they play against Las Vegas this week. So if you have the San Francisco 49ers defense, um, you know, we'll talk about it, but Jared Stitham is going to be starting for Las Vegas as Derek Carr is getting benched. So, you know, I'm happy if I have San Francisco defense. Um, you're, of course, starting Christian McCaffrey, of course, starting George Kittle. Um, I think whatever quarterback you plug into this San Fran offense is going to be able to run the offense well, as long as they're fair, a little bit mobile. Like, that's why they went so hard and gave so much capital to get Trey Lance, because he could run this type of offense. And obviously be a little bit better than Brock Purdy. But, you know, of course, with that injury, Um You know, so that's really all I want to talk about in San Francisco's side. Again, Christian McCaffrey, obvious start. George Kittle, obvious start. He's done well for you the past two weeks. Like, Brandon Ayuk did not do well for you last week, but he made it up a little bit with five catches, 81 yards. But other than Kittle these past few weeks and Debo not being there, like, Brock Purdy has not given the ball to any of the receivers. Like, he's dumped it off to Christian McCaffrey and found a wide-open George Kittle more times than he has found – Brian and Iuke and whether that's because, you know, the tight ends and running backs are typically more open against linebackers rather than having corners. So, you know, that could be anything, but I I really wouldn't want in the fantasy playoffs for the championship to deal with them besides George Kittle and and Christian McCaffrey Um, from Washington. I'm really surprised to see that Carson Wentz is going to get the start. But as I've talked about for a few weeks, like Brian Robinson, this is what these are. This is the volume that you want you don't, you obviously want more efficiency and hopefully, you know, from a fantasy perspective, if you have Brian Robinson, you're starting him like hopefully against the Browns porous, you know, very generous defense that he'll get more yardage, but it looks like he's taken over the lead role of this backfield. Like he had 22 carries and the next closest was Antonio Gibson with five, but Antonio Gibson only had 10 catches or 10 yards. I'm sorry. Um, from a receiving standpoint though, I, you're, you're rolling out Terry McLaurin and honestly, as a good number two, like Jahan Dotson has caught. The rookie has caught uh, one touchdown in each of the last three games. Like I would almost rather like I'm leaning towards wanting to start him over the likes of Curtis Samuel, even though Curtis Samuel went five for 52 and a touchdown. Um, you know, like those are really the only people that I want to start like Brian Robinson. Like I'm okay. If you start him, I really don't want to start Carson Wentz. In the championship, Terry McLaurin, like, I am starting him if I have him. If I'm looking for a flex play, maybe Jahan Dotson. Of course, it's based on roster construction, but he's been consistent over the past few weeks. And, you know, he did – I think he was the only one that – I think he's the one that caught the touchdown from Carson Wentz. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. But, like, those are the only people that I would want to start, like, from the – excuse me, the commander's offense.
0: Yeah, so you know, thinking back to when Carson Wentz started the year as their starting quarterback, he really had a good connection with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel out of the game. Let Bye. me
1: let let me rephrase, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, Jahan Dotson caught the touchdown in the second quarter from Tyler Taylor Heineke and Curtis Samuel caught the touchdown in the fourth quarter from Carson Wentz to prove your point. So sorry, go
0: ahead. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying is like If you have one of these three receivers, like, this is your dilemma because Terry McLaurin did not perform very well under Carson Wentz, which uh, that was a big reason why they decided to bench Carson Wentz, I think, is they had just paid Terry McLaurin this big contract. They wanted to get him more involved in the offense, and him and Carson Wentz just didn't seem to click. So, like, if I had Terry McLaurin, I'd be really nervous. I don't think I'm benching him, but, man, I would be really nervous Um, with him coming back in a game against Cleveland where they're probably going to run quite a bit, I think I would definitely start Brian Robinson. uh, And I think there's definitely room for a touchdown there. (sighs) I mean, I think you start Terry McLaurin, like you said, he's a wide receiver one. Curtis Samuel, I think, is a flex. I think Jahan Dotson also a flex. He also had a a really good rapport with Jahan Dotson early on in the year. And then um, it seemed like Taylor he is really comfortable with Trevor, uh, Terry McLaurin and then the other two kind of dropped off. So it's, it's a carousel. It's a, uh, you know, you, you pick your poison, you, you hope for the best, but you know, you might have other options that you'd feel a little bit more comfortable with. Uh, I got a few more games here. Let's go Eagles, Cowboys. What a game. Uh, Cowboys come back. They win this one 40 to 34 high scoring, exciting, Two high powered offenses that you know could make playoff runs. Um and, and you know, obviously the Eagles are doing this without their star, Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew steps in, 355 yards passing, two touchdowns. Like again, I, I would much rather start that over a Lamar Jackson. I, I I think he could do this yet again next week. Um we we've talked about this Eagles all the time again. Like I, I just feel like You start Devontae Smith. I think he's really picked it up. He's a dominant wide receiver, eight receptions, 113 yards, two touchdowns, A.J. Brown, six receptions, 103 yards. I think those two are locks. Um, Even Dallas Goddard, I think, at the tight end position is someone that I would would trust. I think you could start him and and feel pretty confident. It's Miles Sanders that I want to ask you about, Dana, like – this is someone that early on in the year, like, oh, Miles Sanders, now all of a sudden he's clicking, and now 21 carries, yes. So he's getting the, the volume that you like to see, and it, it really is his backfield. But only 65 yards. It's like if you have other options, I think you're starting them. Uh, do you feel comfortable starting Miles Sanders?
1: I, I almost think you have to. Um, Other than these, other than these past few games, you know, against Dallas and 11 carries 42 against Chicago, like he has been a really good running back in fantasy, like fifth in target or he's fifth in yards. um, He's fifth in tight ends or tight ends. He's fifth in touchdowns. Like, you know, obviously I think that this is more of a, you know, more of a, an, an, an anomaly game because it was the Dallas defense. And the Dallas defense is pretty good against the run um so i think that this week is going to be a little bit of a better week but if you have him it's kind of like you know i i view miles sanders a lot like i view um josh jacobs like i really don't see it from josh jacobs i really don't see it from miles sanders i have it but like they've produced so like it's hard to go against the numbers so like if you i think if you have him miles sanders wise i think you're starting him
0: yeah it's like so hot or cold with this guy yeah
1: I, i would agree
0: I'm looking back over his, his fantasy points here. Dallas, 6.1 fantasy points. Chicago, 1.9. Then he goes to the New York Giants, 28.5. Mm, and
1: then, exactly,
0: has a medium performance against Tennessee, 11.8. And then Green Bay, 31 points. Like, it, it, yeah. it's all over the place. So it's like, yeah, he has that huge upside, a high potent offense. But if you have other options, it's like maybe you you go for the safer pick it seems like a real boomer bus kind of pick for me but um i mean if he's gotten you this far i think you keep riding with him and then just on a football standpoint like dak prescott over the last few weeks has looked great I think impressive he's a very good quarterback um, i think he's still getting his legs under him from his injury um he had a pretty severe obviously leg break so um but I mean, he operates this offense at such a high level and he just has this great connection with CD lamb, Uh, CD lamb. I think is going to be really good for years to come. I think he's a top five wide receiver um, in the league. Uh, So CD lamb, if you have him, I mean, you're feeling pretty comfortable. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard yet again. I mean, they're splitting the carries, but you know, Zeke was the one that got the points this week. So, um, Tony Pollard was able to save his performance with six receptions out of the backfield. you like to see that for 61 yards. But in terms of rushing, I mean, nine carries, 19 yards, great. It's Zeke that was getting all the work near the goal line as well. He sneaks in for a touchdown. I think in the fantasy playoffs, you're you're starting both of them. Um, And that's what I've done the last few weeks, and I haven't regretted it. It's gotten me this far, so I'm going to continue to do that. But, um, you know, other than that, it's D.D. Lamp, it's Zeke, it's Tony Pollard. And I think you feel pretty good starting Dak Prescott um, at quarterback. Any other thoughts, Dana?
1: Yeah, um, the, the only thing that really concerns me uh, um, is, is the Thursday night game tomorrow. Um, Dallas against Tennessee and the fact that Tony Pollard is listed as, listed as questionable. So the reason why I think that that's really important for fantasy is because I believe he's been questionable or he's been a non-participant for the past two games. So you're almost thinking, right? Like, it, like here's my thought process if I'm Dallas, right? I'm, I'm 11 and four. We're playing against the Tennessee Titans who are seven and eight, who just lost, I believe five or six straight. Like do you take that chance of putting Tony Pollard out there against Tennessee who you should beat pretty handily in a Thursday night game right before the playoffs. So uh, the reason why I bring that up and why I think it's so important is because of championship play in fantasy football. And I think that's really important because you don't know, like if Tony Pollard is active, how much of the workload is he going to get? He could get, like he could go out there and get split carries 50, 50, 15 carries a piece with Zeke, or he could go out there, play five snaps and, and be like, Hey, my ankle or, you know, whatever's wrong. Be like, Hey, I'm not feeling it. And then they just completely shut him out. And if you started him, like only thing of caution, I would side by, you know, watch really carefully now and tomorrow of what Jerry Jones says and how Tony Pollard is feeling. Um, Regardless me personally, I have, I have Zeke in my championship lineup. I'm going to leave him out there. And honestly, to me, if Tony Pollard doesn't play, that only makes it more of a case for Zeke to get more points. But you know, I agree with you on Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is way more explosive and great, but from a fantasy championship perspective, that makes me really nervous this week because, you know, just to reiterate, like if he goes out there and he doesn't, and he's not feeling it after three plays and he's done, that's your whole Thursday night game from Tony Pollard. And like, that could be it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, you make a valid point. and uh, you know it's something that you pay attention to and, yeah, if if he's not a hundred percent, then you have other options. It, it really depends on do you have other options like like
1: like like even if he's active, you know, like even if he if even if they say he's active, like do you take that chance of putting him out there or do you put someone like a maybe Brian Robinson or like you know if you have a Kenneth Walker, like those are two people that I would consider just because of shared volume that they're going to get this week. Over someone who might be injured, like Tony Pollard, and that's the only thing that scares me about having Pollard out yeah. there this week.
0: I mean, I'm definitely starting both those guys that you mentioned Kenneth Walker, Brian Robinson over Tony Pollard. I think those are both good. Call- it comes down to like, what if you have like Tony Pollard or
1: Jerry? Jeff- <sighs> it's like I, it just makes me really nervous hearing that he's been a, a he's been questionable two week or these past two days at practice. Like, uh, but I, I think that if Tony Pollard is active, like you're rolling the dice on him over a uh, Jarek McKinnon, or maybe, maybe even an Isaiah Pacheco, like even though Pacheco has been doing fairly well.
0: How about Cam Akers?
1: <sighs> Honestly, I think I would lean more toward Cam Akers. Um, only because of this injury. And like I said, the biggest thing about this injury for Pollard is that they they don't really need him to play right now. Like, this isn't like, okay, if we don't win this, we're not going to make the playoffs. Like, this right. isn't like a must win. Like, if they can lose the next few games and still take the wild card. So, like, I just think that you play a little bit more conservative, conservative just like I think that the Eagles will with Jalen Hurts. Like, there's no reason to have Jalen Hurts out there when you have Gardner Minshew who could do an uh, exemplary job.
0: Yeah, now you're giving me some stuff to think about, Dan. I appreciate that. So uh, I'll have to look at my lineup with Tony Pollard and them. But you make a valid point. It very well could be a low, if he does even play, like just low carries and you know, low snaps. So um, this next game, man, we could breeze through it because it's, it's ugly. Um, and that's the Steelers I'll have you talk a little bit about the Steelers side of things. thing. Is there any Steelers that you feel comfortable starting in a fantasy playoff? It's Pat, P- uh, Pat Fryermuth includes Nike Harris, and then on the Raiders side of things with the quarterbacks, which I mean, do you feel comfortable with even Josh Jacobs? Obviously, has had a great year. So, who are the, the guys that you feel comfortable starting?
1: Um, Pittsburgh, honestly, the only people I think I feel start I, I'm comfortable with is Pat Fryermuth. Um Deontay Johnson has picked it up for the past few weeks. Um, especially with Kenny, Kenny Pickett being back. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett have a good connection. So, like, those might be borderline flex plays for me. But, like, the only person I'm confident with is Pat Fryermuth. I'm honestly not even super confident with Najee. Like, even just looking at this game, like, six perceptions, 42 yards. Like, that's – like, he bailed you out with no six perceptions because his rushing was only 53 yards. And the Raiders, like, you're starting Josh Jacobs because he's done so well for you. He's gotten you to where you are and, like – Devontae Adams like you're not going to bench Devontae Adams because this could be the week where Jared Stidham throws him 12 times for 150 yards and a touchdown like so those those from that side Josh Jacobs and uh, Devontae are the only two people that I'm actually like I'm comfortable starting
0: yeah and uh, again Deontay Johnson still does not have a touchdown this year Uh, are you sticking with your initial prediction that some point in the next two weeks.
1: Um, yeah, I, I I think that um, honestly, I think he'll get one against the Browns in Week 18.
0: Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on the Raiders side of things, this has just gotten so ugly. Um, you know they they're essentially eliminated from playoff contention. I don't know if it's mathematically. Um, eliminate same record as the Browns. So I would assume. So um, Derek Carr has left the team. Uh, very similar situation to uh, Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. So Derek Carr will not be the quarterback of the La- uh, Las Vegas Raiders next year. Um, he's gone. Uh, put him in a Colts Jersey. I think he'll be a Indianapolis Colt next year, but um, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs, I think you're right. But, Talk about fantasy duds. This was another fantasy dud performance that very well might have lost to you your semifinal. If that was the case this week, he's gotten you this far and then he, he had a terrible performance this week. Uh,
1: well, well, I don't, don't
0: disagree with you. with you. Another fantasy dud was Devonte Adams. Uh, and a big reason why I lost the league um, semifinal that I did lose was because Devonte Adams had two receptions for 15 yards. And on the other side, The guy I was playing had Justin Jefferson, who had 12 receptions and 150-some yards receiving. So I I really needed Devontae Adams to match that, (laughs) or come close to matching that, and uh, he did not. So, um, Yeah, I I mean, I don't blame you. I think you're right. I think you start Devontae Adams if you were able to escape, and I think you start Josh uh, Jacobs. And then on the Pittsburgh side of things, I I would start Najee Harris. I think just based on where you drafted him, you would have had to draft him in the first or second round. If you were fortunate enough to make the finals and have Najee Harris, I think you start him. Um, But that's just me. Moving on to the Sunday games. Had a couple of games on Christmas Day. Not the most exciting games in the world. The first one. The Green Bay Packers, they are hot. The Miami Dolphins, they are not. They are on a four-game losing streak, the Miami Dolphins. Um, The Packers are trying to sneak into the playoffs here at the very end, and they have the quarterback to do it. Um, As we've already mentioned, Tua Tagovailoa more than likely is out this coming week. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball. Um, Personally, I think that doesn't hurt the value of a Tyreek Hill or a Jalen Waddle. I think... Tell you, Bridgewater is serviceable enough that you're still starting those guys. Um, it's this backfield that continues to give us headaches. The Miami Dolphins, you know, the Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson, if I'm not mistaken, yes, Jeff Wilson did have the touchdown this week, but they're essentially splitting carries. Um, and you hate to see that. <laughs> it, it, it again kind of reminds me of the Buffalo Bills backfield with Devin Singletary and James Cook, like. It's ugly. You never know who's going to be the one that falls in the end zone. They're both RB2s, but you're holding your breath starting them and and maybe looking elsewhere for a potential starter. And then on the Green Bay side of things, Aaron Jones, clearly on the podcast that I listen to, he's not healthy. And they're not giving him the carries that he deserves. He's getting six carries, 25 yards. A.J. Dillon's getting 11 carries. Um, so it makes me nervous to want to start Aaron Jones. I feel like you have to, um, I, you know, AJ Dillon, maybe a flex, maybe a, a, an RB two, uh, and then Christian Watson potentially out this week. I don't know. Do you know any updates on that Dana Christian Watson play this week?
1: No, the last thing I heard, the last thing I heard was that he was questionable and I was listening to the, fantasy football focus podcast and um stefania bell their lead um like injury person there did not have any further update besides that he wasn't practicing um so i I do not have any update but like if he's out there like i think that might be one of the only pass catchers that i want to start
0: yeah and if he's not out there it's like alan lazard he had 11 targets in this game Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have to bring this team to the playoffs with his arm. So he's got to throw it to someone. So it's like, do you put Alan Lazard out there as a flex play? Do you put a Romeo Dobbs out there as a flex play? Like, if Christian Watson's out, I would feel pretty comfortable starting Alan Lazard. If Christian Watson's in, I think he'd be the only one that I would start. And you're really hoping for a multi-touchdown performance like he's done in the past
1: i agree with you. Yeah, any
0: disagreement? Yeah, I, I think... No. Nah. Green Bay is a team where, like, if you're at fantasy playoffs, you kind of look for these teams that are fighting for their actual playoff hopes, and you want to start guys on that team because they're going to do everything that they can to win. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable with Aaron Jones. I don't feel comfortable with A.J. Dillon, but you, I think you would want the number one pass catcher on Green Bay this week. I just... I have a feeling Green Bay is going to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. The next Sunday game, I'll have Dana talk about a little bit. That is, thank goodness Dana's talking about it because I don't. The Rams just absolutely demolishing the Denver Broncos, leading to the firing of the Denver Broncos coach, Nathaniel Hackett, with only a few games left in the season. He couldn't even make it a whole season. Baker Mayfield, like 24-28, very efficient, two touchdowns. Like, he's he's running this offense. I think he's really well coached. Um, But really, the story is, is Cam Akers, 23 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. Do you feel comfortable starting Cam Akers? Do you feel comfortable starting Baker Mayfield? Like, would you rather start Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson? That's a question I got for you. Uh, and then on the Denver Broncos side of things, like, what are they going to do? Russell Wilson is in contract until like 2027. Like what, what are they going to do? It's, it's a scary thought for the Denver Broncos. Um, do you just buy in and you try and find a coach that will work well with Russell Wilson? Is there anyone on this Denver Broncos team that you're willing to start in the fantasy playoff final?
1: Um, I'll start with the Broncos cause I think it's going to be the easier thing. Um, Honestly, I think that they made the right decision um, on firing Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, To be honest with you, I really think the main reason they went for Hackett was to try to persuade Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver. Uh, I think that was a huge part of their game plan, and when that kind of failed, they went and fell back and grabbed Russ, Um, you know, because Nathaniel Hackett was pretty close with um, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, from the Denver standpoint, I, I don't, I mean, Jerry Judy has been well, has been doing well for the past few games, six for one seventeen this game, seven for 76, the past game. And then of course, three weeks ago against Kansas, Kansas city, he had three touchdowns. So like that would be the only person on, on Denver who these past few weeks have been pretty consistent on getting, um, you know, I'm getting Pat, I'm getting passes thrown to him and caught. Um, but really, that's about it. I don't want Russ. I don't want Latavius Murray. I have him on my bench. I'm glad I didn't start him. Um, yeah, that's, there's really not much to talk about Denver. Um, but to be completely honest with you, and to transition, um, Baker Mayfield is part of the reason why I won the league, why well, not the league, but why I won last week. Um, it, it came down to uh, my opponent had Aaron Jones and the Denver defense, and I had – I was up by two points, and I had only DeAndre Hopkins um, left, which we'll talk about him next game. Um, But Baker Mayfield and this Los Angeles Rams offense and defense putting together a show of getting these four interceptions between um, Russell Wilson and Brett Rapian really helped me out because the Denver defense got negative four points. And that was part of the reason why I won. Um, But going forward, I think if you have Cam Akers, you're starting them against, you know, like the Chargers this week for your championship, I don't think really scares you. Um, And I don't think that they're going to have this kind of performance against the Chargers that they did, you know, being able to get all those picks and putting up 51 points. But Tyler Higby has really come to his really come to his own with Baker Mayfield under center. This is the second game in a row he had a touchdown. Um, way more targets, way more yards this week than he did last week against Green Bay. But I think that he's a start. Like I think you're comfortable. Starting. That's the only pass catcher that I want out of this offense. Uh, he's the only one who's been consistent. And Cam Akers, um, third game in a row. Who uh, third game in a row where he's had a touchdown? No, um, I that was I was just kidding. Uh, he did not have one against Green Bay. Um, But out of the past four games, three out of the four games, he's had touchdowns. So, you know, you want that consistency. And this is, you know, if you drafted Cam Akers or probably just picked him up, like this is what you were expecting all year long was this kind of performance of, you know, 100 yards and a few touchdowns, 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Akers, I think I would say Cam Akers and Higby are the only two people of this Los Angeles Rams offense that I want to start. And from Denver, I, I if I absolutely had to choose, like, I guess I would pick Jerry Judy. Um, Greg Dolchich did have a decent game with four catches, 39, and a touchdown at the tight end position. But I really haven't seen it too, too much from him this whole year.
0: I finally found someone that I would start Lamar Jackson over and that's Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, definitely starting Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson. But, um uh, the last of the Sunday games, Buccaneers Cardinals took overtime, but the Buccaneers come away with a 1916 win. It was gritty. It was ugly. Uh, James Connor had a decent day with 15 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, the Cardinals have just been, you know, destroyed by injuries this year, but really the big story that comes out of this one, JJ Watt has decided to retire, you know, 33 years old, him and his wife just had their first child. Uh, I have so much respect for JJ Watt. I think he's just an ultimate professional. Um, you know, and I think, you know, he's leaving because he's started a family and he's decided, you know, it's time for him to start the next chapter of his life. What a player! Uh, what a family in general. I mean, all three of the brothers are in the NFL, but just an incredible player for so many years. So really cool. I mean, it's a terrible way for his career to end in this terrible season, but uh, I think he's just an incredible professional. Um, but I mean, the Buccaneers—they're seven and eight. They are now playing Carolina this week, and if Carolina wins, they're now tied and going into week 18, it really comes down to which of those two teams is going to, to win the division. It's insane. And and the saints would like to think they're also in that discussion, but again, Tom Brady finds ways to win games and it's not pretty. And you know, it really doesn't help us fantasy wise, but he finds ways to win games on the Buccaneers side of things. I mean, I'm not starting Tom Brady in the fantasy finals. Um, Leonard Fournette led the way in carries. But again, I still wouldn't feel comfortable starting him. I think maybe he's an RB2 for you. Rashad White, we really thought, was going to be the guy that took over this backfield. And he has not taken this backfield over solely. Um, You know, Chris Godwin continues to get the targets. Um, Mike Evans continues not to get the targets. Uh, So it's, it's like Chris Godwin I feel comfortable with. Mike Evans, a flex, and and interestingly enough, you know, a wide receiver that's really emerged the last few weeks that seems to have a good rapport with Tom Brady, and that's Russell Gage. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he had six targets, five receptions, sixty-five yards. If you're desperate for a flex play, I don't think he's a bad one. Um, But really, the only player on this Tampa Bay offense that I feel comfortable starting, where I'm like, yeah, he'll have a good day, and that's Chris Godwin. And really. He had eight receptions, yes, so that kind of saved you 63 yards. It's not even his best performance, but I think it's going to be a a close game between Tampa Bay and Carolina. I think they'll have to rely on Chris Godwin, so I'd feel comfortable starting him. Again, Mike Evans as a flex, Leonard Fournette as an RB2. Other than that, I mean, I I don't think I want any part of that offense uh, beyond that. Then Arizona, obviously their season's over. They're on their third-string quarterback. Um, that did not help the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, who is, you know, Dana's obviously a, a big fan to have 10 targets, but only one reception just shows you what Trace McSorley uh, is lacking, and that would be accuracy. Um, but, uh, you know, he seems to have a good rapport with Greg Dortch, but to keep this short, like the only player on, on Arizona that I'm starting is James Conner. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins scares the because of the quarterback situation. If Colt McCoy came back, maybe uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable, but uh, I would rather start Mike Evans over DeAndre Hopkins. And honestly, I'd rather start Russell Gage over DeAndre Hopkins. If Trace McSorley is the quarterback, I want to hear your opinion on that though, Dana, because I know you have a personal bias towards your board. <laughs> so I, Obviously, you survived this week with starting him, barely. Yeah. Would you start him in the fantasy final if Trace McSorley was the starting quarterback?
1: Oh, gosh, I—that's a really hard question. Um, the reason I say that is because uh, it, it gets you know, like we talked about Devonte Adams, right? For example, like the, the talent is there. So, like you're, you know, they're they're playing against the Falcons, so it's a decent matchup for Arizona this week. But like it's so hard to bench somebody. Like if you if you drafted DeAndre Hopkins, you didn't put a lot of stock into him because of the first six week suspension, right? So like you probably got him in the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. So it's not like you put a lot of draft capital into him like you would have like a like a Devonte. Like the talent is there. I watched this. I watched this game, and like it was it was horrible to watch. Like. There were multiple plays where I watched like DeAndre Hopkins runs a good route and he's open and he either just gets underthrown, overthrown or not looked at. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard. And again, I am biased. Yes. Like I I am, I'll admit it, but like the talent is there, like with Colt McCoy, like if Colt McCoy's out there, I don't have a problem at all starting DeAndre Hopkins, especially over like the likes of like Mike Evans or Russell Gage. Um, But from what I've seen from the one game from, from, from Trace McSorley, it's like, you know, I, I would consider going elsewhere, but like the thing is, is like, where else do you go? Like, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not like, let's just say Trace McSorley started and you didn't want to start DeAndre. Like I'm not super confident starting Russell Gage. Like I'm pretty confident. Like I would start Mike Evans. Like if I had him based on my roster construction, but like, I just don't, I I just, I think I would look elsewhere other than that. But like if Colt McCoy is out there, like Colt McCoy is a a serviceable quarterback and he can get DeAndre Hopkins the ball. Now, mind you, they're not playing for anything. Arizona's not this year, but um, you know, DeHop has a lot of pride in him. So I think that regardless, you know, week 17, week 18, if he's healthy, he's going to play just to finish out the season. And, you know, in this week in particular, if Colt McCoy is out there, I think that DeAndre might be able to help you win your championship.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, elite talent, but just, uh, a rough situation that he's in, unfortunately. But Speaking of other ugly games, we have uh, the Monday night game from last night, or two nights ago now. Um, that was the Los Angeles Chargers coming away with a 20-3 to win against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is another team that maybe you want to start a defense. Who are the Colts playing this week? <laughs> if you want to start the defense that's going Yeah,
1: they're playing at the Giants.
0: Nick Foles is throwing uh interceptions like it's candy and uh supposedly he is seven going seven
1: sacks, been sacked 7 times.
0: Yeah, and uh supposedly he is going to start again this week for the Colts. Um the Chargers have clinched a playoff spot, so congratulations to them. That's that's cool. Um but I mean Justin Herbert continuing not to perform up to the standard that you drafted him as you probably took top five quarterback and he's not performing like that. But again, if he's gotten into the fantasy playoff final, you're starting him. Austin Eckler, two touchdowns saved his day, 18 carries 67 yards. You'd like to see more efficiency there, but the two touchdowns, you can't argue you're starting him. That's no doubt. Keenan Allen, 11 receptions, 101 yards. 14 targets you're starting him it's when you get to mike williams where it's like the gabe davis you know conundrum where he could have a huge day he could have a terrible day Uh, to me it's it's a flex play and if you have other options maybe you're looking to it um and on the Colts side of things i'll keep it real simple i'm not starting anyone i wouldn't start zach moss i wouldn't start michael Pittman. those would be the only two that you would consider and it really comes down to what running back situation do you have for Zach Moss? I mean, you could be two for you, but I, they're just going to be down in games. They're going to, I don't think they're going to win another game this year. Um, and you don't like that game script. So I think you'd go elsewhere and in terms of Michael Pittman elite talent, but I just don't think Nick Foles or, you know, Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger, whoever it is, like if, if, Nick Foles goes out there and throws another three interceptions in the first half, like he did in this game, you're going to see Sam Ellinger in the second half. So uh, I don't think that makes it any better for Michael Pittman. So I wouldn't trust starting Michael Pittman in a fantasy playoff final. Um, So my question to you, Dana, Mike Williams, would you feel comfortable starting him in a fantasy playoff final?
1: No, Um, I, you know, we've talked about it and I've talked about it on the podcast. I'm more of a conservative player. Um, I would rather take a chance on somebody who's going to get me, you know, a, like Mike Williams, for example, got four catches for 71 yards. So in a PPR league, that's 11.6 points. But like, uh, you know, the week prior to he got 10 points, like I would rather have somebody who has that chance to, who is more likely like a DJ Moore, who's been, who's shown rapport, good rapport with, um, you know, Sam Darnold still fighting for his ball. Like, I think I personally would rather have DJ Moore knowing he's getting high, knowing he's getting high uh, target share. And the fact that, you know, the offense, it has something to play for, Um, you know, the chargers do too, obviously, but there's a lot of weapons on the chargers that Justin Herbert's going to look toward and he doesn't even really look that great right now. So like, I'm not even, if I'm a Justin Herbert owner, I'm really not super confident in him either because these past few weeks, he really hasn't given you anything. So no, I'm, I'm personally, you know, and it's just a personal thing, but, Again, this comes down to the drafting. Like I wouldn't draft a Mike Williams or a Gabe Davis because that's just not the type of fantasy team that I run personally because I don't like to take those kind of chances.
0: Yeah, and in all honesty, uh, Austin Eckler probably a league league winner for most people. Uh, If you have Austin Eckler on your team, there's a good chance that you know your team did did pretty well this season. So absolutely, that's the case of our uh, our. Brunswick fantasy football league uh, championship that we're going to be talking about next. So I'm going to hand it over to Dana and uh, he's going to walk us through a little bit about our, our matchup between our good friends, Chris and Elijah.
1: Awesome. So um, let's uh, go ahead and talk about it. So the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do, do it kind of quick because uh, we, we took a little bit longer than expected on the the recap, but there was a lot going on. Um, but uh, week one or week 16, um, Chris uh, Chris currently leads 151 to 138 so it is a very very close game very very manageable uh, for both teams to to come back um, you know Chris made all the right decisions on his end other than you know starting um, you know Trevor Lawrence scored the most points um, Tony Pollard he did bench Tony Pollard for James Conner and Austin Eckler which worked out really well for him and even Lenny Fournette um the only you know real thing he could have got half a point out of kirk cousins or you know a few points here but chris's team is looking really good and this is i think what colin was expecting of why he um was picking chris to win with trevor lawrence eckler james Conner, tyreek hill aj brown dallas goddard leonard fournette the jags d um you know they all put up good points and that's why he was able to get um you know 151 and honestly in a 12 team league 151 points is absolutely incredible like that's nothing to bat your eye at um but the fact that Elijah is still hanging around in there with um 138 is actually pretty impressive honestly and that's with his team playing fairly well Josh Jacobs um did not have the you know 30 40 point fantasy game that he was expecting um Joe Burrow did just fine David Montgomery who I think is going to be really really good against Detroit this week coming up um I think matchups might be in Elijah's favor for a few of these uh, for a few of these games just because like he's got Stephon Diggs at Cincinnati that game could be a huge shootout he's got David Montgomery at Detroit Detroit's one of the worst in the defense against defenses Joe Burrow against Buffalo as I just mentioned you know with Stephon Diggs like I think Elijah has pretty good matchups where, you know, his teams are like, his players are going to play very well. Um, The only matchup I would be concerned about would be Josh Jacobs at San Francisco, just because San Francisco is absolutely dominant on defense, but I really like the matchups that Elijah has. And to be honest with you, I think that he might have a chance if, if his team plays to the potential with these matchups, I think he might have a good chance to make up that deficit and actually win. Um, But, you know, Chris is up by uh 13 points so you know that's also a good amount of points It's almost the player on most occasions um but I do like Chris's team a lot we'll see if he makes any different changes with uh you know he does have currently has Tony Pollard on a bench which I think is a good idea um just in regards to this week because you know as as I mentioned earlier like I'm not sure if Pollard is gonna start this week or if he's gonna play a lot. And of course, if he's out, you're definitely gonna put him on the bench, obviously. <clears throat> um, the the honestly, the the one thing that I would consider doing, um, and you know, it's it is only Wednesday, so Chris has plenty of time, but I would I would honestly consider putting the 49ers defense over Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville is playing against Houston, but the 49ers D is ranked second in fantasy points, and their defense is just absolutely stout. Um, And then playing against Jared Siddham, I think only makes more of a case for uh, the 49ers to have a big week. Um, But the rest of uh, the rest of Chris's matchups and lineups, um, you know, I like where he has, I like, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot at Houston this week um, over Kirk cousins at green Bay. And, you know, maybe even Dak Prescott this Thursday against Tennessee. I know, Tennessee hasn't been great against the, uh, the, against quarterbacks and wide receivers, but that game could get out of hand kind of quick and it might be starting to hand it off. So, you know, I, I kind of like that decision, but this is, this is the championship. So this is where you really have to put everything into consideration, not only just the player, but matchups included. Um, you know, so, uh, Colin, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Elijah's team, but then I want you to, to start, you know, if you have any agreements or disagreements on Chris's team, um, for Elijah, you know, I think Elijah being down by 12 or 13, um, I think he might have to make uh, an, an adjustment as to, you know, maybe taking more of a risk on, on some of his players. Um, the big person that I would I would look at is like, I, I think he has the best lineup. I'm looking at it. I think he has the best lineup that he could possibly have out there. But my biggest thing is, is like Kamara has just not been good this season. And, you know, that really scares me because this is somebody that you drafted the first or second round. And, you know, him being 14th overall, like is pretty good. But that's only be- that's because he had a huge game of 42 fantasy points where he caught a ton of passes and another one at, at 23. And, you know, other than that, he's been you know, he's missed a few games and he's just been kind of average. So. Um, he did finish last week with 19, so you obviously you need something like that again. I think you'll be happy, but um, other than that, I I think other than me personally switching out Jacksonville's D for San Francisco, I think that these are good lineups, and it's just the a thing where I think you have to put them out there, and you just have to how this week uh, how this week finishes up. So, uh, Colin, um, you know, let me ask: Do you have? Do, do you have a change of mind of who you think is going to win this uh, fantasy championship? And uh, secondly, is there anybody on Chris or Elijah's team uh, that you would make an adjustment on?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to stick with my prediction. I do think Chris will, will end up winning. Um, you know, I think it's going to come down to when we look back at this matchup at the end of next week, the, the week one letdown by Josh Jacobs and Stefan Diggs. Uh, for Stefan Diggs to only have 4.6 points, and Josh Jacobs to only have six points, that might be where Elijah you know, lost this matchup. And, and it's really unfortunate because, obviously, those are two guys that are set to forget it. You're not going to you know, change your mind on those two, and you're expecting them to have big performances where Chris's best players stepped up. You know he uh, he got really good production out of Austin Eckler and James Conner this week. Uh, he got really good production out of Kirk Cousins. So, uh, you know the best players on Chris's team stepped up. They did what they needed to do. Where Elijah's team did not. Um, that being said, moving into this week, um, I agree with you. I think Elijah may need to to make a home run call here. Um, But it's like, what do you do? Because right now he is projected to start Alvin Kamara in his flex. Um, You know, I look to on his bench. I look at Mike Evans. That would be the guy that I would think, okay, they're going against Carolina in a game that they must win. Carolina is down their top two corners. JC Horn broke his wrist last week. Do you think Tom Brady all of a sudden is going to to do enough and connect with Mike Evans where he has one of these two touchdown performances? Or do you go with Alvin Kamara, who is going to be going against Philly with Gardner Minshew throwing the ball? And I think that means the game will be a little bit closer than if Jalen Hurts was playing. And if it's closer, that's a good game script for Alvin Kamara. If it's not, it still might be a good game script if he's catching things out of the backfield. So that's really tough. Um, if Elijah does end up winning this matchup and comes back, we can look back to week one again with big performances from T. Higgins and T J Hawkinson, where where those two guys did enough to make up for the lack of points and Stephon Diggs. So for me, you start Joe Burrow over Justin Fields. I agree with that call. Uh, even though Joe Burrow is going against Buffalo on Monday night, I think that game might actually be a shootout. Um, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs—I mean, I, I think I agree with that. Stefan Diggs, I think, is a lock. T. Higgins is a lock. T.J. Hawkinson is a lock. I think you you stick with Alvin Kamara. That would be my choice. But if anything, maybe you, you put you. yeah, maybe you put Mike Evans in there and you hope for a couple multi-touchdown performances, but you would hate yourself if Alvin Kamara got, you know, 20 points like he should, and Mike Evans got just six points, and that could be the difference of catching up right there. So you look at Chris's team, I think his bench is really good too. So right now he's starting Trevor Lawrence against Houston. I I honestly, I think I would start Kirk Cousins because – Houston defense again in the secondary is pretty decent um and I don't think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have to throw a lot I think they're gonna run more I don't know what do you think would you start Kirk cousins or would you start Trevor Lawrence
1: I I, I think it's kind of hard to tell like because Houston has been Houston has been you know I, I mentioned it earlier like they're ranked so decently like on ESPN against like quarterbacks and wide receivers, because people are just running the ball on them. And, <clears throat> you know, so that's like game script is making their defensive rank according to ESPN better against quarterbacks and wide receivers. Cause they're just not throwing or they're just not throwing the ball as so much because they're just getting ahead and just running all over their defense. So like, I, 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 I I think I like it because Houston's been playing teams pretty hard these past few weeks including um, the likes of Indianapolis and Kansas City who they took to overtime. So like if this game goes like that um you know like like just for example like Houston these past few weeks like they played the Browns 27-14. They played the Cowboys 27-23 they lost. They played lost. And then last week against Tennessee they won 19-14. So like these past few weeks they've been playing teams a lot closer. So if they continue that trend, I think that that might cause Trevor Lawrence to have to throw well. And, you know, I like Kirk cousins and I know he's ranked fairly well in fantasy, but like, I don't know, man. I've just like, the few dud games that I've seen from him, I'm not sure if I feel super confident, even though he just put up huge numbers these past three games. Um, Like, I think if you start Trevor Lawrence, you're anticipating him going off like completely because Trevor Lawrence has had an amazing sophomore season. I'll give him mad credit for that. Like he's done really well for Jacksonville, so it's it. I I, I think it's hard, but I honestly think that I would still put Trevor Lawrence out there.
0: A little bit of trivia for you. Are you ready? Love my yeah. trivia. Obviously, uh, Jacksonville has played Houston already this season because they are in the division. What would be your guess as to Trevor Lawrence's points when uh, they played in week five against Houston?
1: I am going to guess that it wasn't that great. So I'm going to say that he got between 10 to 14 fantasy points.
0: You would be right. He got 10 fantasy points. 10.3. Now, Kirk Cousins, same situation. They have already played Green Bay this season. In fact, it was week one <clears throat> in Green Bay. So it's been a long time. Kirk Cousins had 19 fantasy points against Green Bay. So for me, Chris is up 13 points or whatever it is. You don't need the home run. Swing. Kirk Cousins has this really good rapport. With um, Justin Jefferson, uh, they're Hawkinson. playing. Against, uh, and Hawkinson, that's true. Um, it's at Green Bay, which you know you have to watch. The weather it scares me a little bit, but I don't know. I, I almost would lean Kirk Cousins a little bit more. That's just my personal preference. But they they all don't have anything to play for, uh, so that scary a little bit where trevor lawrence is fighting for their playoff life so uh, you know either way i think they might score relatively close to one another
1: yeah i i, I agree like and if they like even if, if trevor lawrence gets you 20 fantasy points and kurt cousins gets you 23 like obviously you want the three points but like you're not going to be mad at either of those two performances sure <clears throat>
0: Austin Eckler's a lock. James Conners a lock. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown's a lock. Dallas Goddard, I think, is a lock. He's putting Leonard Fournette in there over Tony Pollard. Totally understand that's a game that has more on the line. Um, Dallas has already clinched a playoff spot, obviously. And like you said, Tony Pollard's questionable, so makes you a little nervous. You know, I, I think ultimately... Chris has enough that will push him over the finish line. And I I think Chris will get this beautiful Brunswick Fantasy Football League champion trophy
1: that is on my uh,
0: table in front of me.
1: I'm going to make – I want to make a bold – I want to make a bold prediction. Ooh. I think – that I, I think that these games, I think that this game is going to be, this matchup is going to be really close because I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to have another dead matchup like he did last week. <clears throat> but here is who I think is going to be the deciding factor from one of these two teams. Okay. And I want to see if you can guess who it is. So, one of these two teams that is currently in one of these two team starting lineups. Okay. They have a divisional game. They're playing a divisional game this week against a team that has resurged and this team is fighting really badly for a playoff spot. And T- I think if – go
0: ahead. DJ Hawkinson. No. Leonard Ooh.
1: Fournette. Okay? Ah. And the reason why I bring him up is because we talked so much for the past few weeks about him losing – you know, potentially losing his job, losing carries, losing catches to Rashad White. And it was justified, you know, like just a quick rundown week 13 against new Orleans, 10 carries week 14 against San Francisco, good defense, four carries week 15 against Cincy, 10 carries week 16 against Arizona, 20 carries. Right. So I think that if Fournette goes back to that, uh, you know, 10 to 12 carry range and does not see the targets I think that Elijah might have the advantage here if Alvin Kamara does well. Um, you know, Fournette getting him twenty five was absolutely, uh, like, like uh, you know, like you're expecting Austin Eckler to get you, you know, 20-plus points. You're expecting James Conner to get you close to 15 to 20. Tyreek, A.J. Brown, those boys. But, like, Fournette getting you, you know, Fournette getting you 25 when he was projected at 13 I think is the – the biggest difference in that matchup and I think that that's also going to carry on to this week because I think if Fournette gets you gets him 10 points that could be the deciding factor of losing assuming everybody else on both teams plays the way they they should of course um but I you know like him getting like I think Fournette had nine or ten catches and 20 carries like he touched the ball a lot and if he doesn't do that again like I I think that's a huge downside to having Fournette out there, but with Pollard being hurt, I still think that is you know Chris's best option at that position unless he wants to go for a home run with Gabe Davis. But that's my bold prediction: is that if Fournette doesn't get that kind of, um, you know, that the the kind of touches on the ball, I think that Elijah might win.
0: I think it's a safe play. I think it's kind of a floor play, in my opinion. Like, uh, I mean, I think he's consistently been getting like 10 to 12 carries the last few weeks. So to me, I think that's just kind of safe. And they're playing against a team where I think the game will be pretty close. Everyone, every game the Buccaneers have been playing this year has been a really close game. My deciding factor, I want to see if you can guess, is on Chris's team and is on a team that desperately needs to win and they don't have their starting quarterback this week and they're just going to have to take over. They're just going to have to take over and show their talent.
1: I looked right at his name. It's Tyree Hill. It's got to be Ty- against New England. It's, it's Tyree.
0: If Tyreek Hill has a 20 plus point performance, Chris wins the matchup. Uh, and I think he very well could. Uh, if he scores under 20 points, I would be really nervous up on Chris. Uh, I just feel like, I just feel like Teddy Bridgewater has to find a connection with Tyreek Hill and put the ball in his hands and let him go to work if they want to win this game. Now, Bill Belichick has made a living off shutting down the best player on every team. He does it to DeAndre Hopkins when they play the Cardinals. He, he just does it to every team that they play. I would be really scared if I had Tyreek Hill, because I, I feel like Belichick could shut him. Down. So I, I think it's going to come down to, if Tyreek Hill has a big performance, he's projected to get 19.4 uh, points. If he scores over that, Chris wins. If he scores under that, Ooh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous.
1: That's a very bold prediction because I would agree with you. Like, it's like you would think you know with just how bad new or or new orleans new england's offense is you would think that their defense is just like a pushover but like their defense is half the reason that's keeping them in these games like them getting the turnovers them getting short fields, them getting three and outs like and that could very well be what they do again i matt judon left the game last week um with some kind of injury so i'm not sure if he's projected to play but if he plays like that's like he's a wrecker on defense so like It is quite possible that Tyreek could get 12 catches for 60 yards on just, you know, dink and dunk plays from Teddy Bridgewater, or it's possible that he could get, like, four catches for, like, 30 yards. You know, it's like all these things are possible. So I definitely don't disagree with you. That's why I think that these two matchups are going to be really, really fun. Like, their projection is, like, at the end of this week, um, Elijah projected to lose by 20. Um, so that just goes to show that like Chris is expected to win by seven more points this week than Elijah. So like it, it's going to be a really close game.
0: Yeah, and, and notice both the players that we mentioned in Leonard Fournette and Tyreek Hill are on teams that are fighting for a playoff spot in real life. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, those are the players that you like to have on your team because they have something to play for, and and there's no chance that they'll get benched or you know have a light workload or anything like that, but. Uh, they're also the ones that's scary the most because they they really have to step up and perform like they can so absolutely we shall see, but uh, are you saying Chris will win sure.
1: I, I I like this you know the the thirteen point lead he has it's hard for me to like look at his lineup in a j Brown Tyreek Hill Austin Eckler, and just not and and root and vote against him, not even rooting, but just vote against them so um I am going to, I I am I am going to go with Chris. I think Chris is going to win.
0: All right, we shall see. We'll talk about it next week on the show and let everyone know how it finishes out. And maybe we'll even have the winner of the league come on as a guest uh, next week and and tell us a little bit about their their season. So hey, we will uh, breeze through the week seven. Uh, preview here and just kind of talk about who we think is going to win each of the games and if there's any standout people um, that we definitely think you should be starting in your fantasy playoff final if you've made it that far. Uh, The Thursday night game as Dana has already mentioned, Cowboys at the Titans. Uh, Cowboys are a 12-point favorite on the road and I think justifiably so. I think they win this one pretty easily. I think you're rolling out any of your Cowboys, maybe minus Tony Pollard as Dana has already mentioned. And Tennessee, if, if Derrick Henry's not playing, this game's going to be real, real. Uh, Dana?
1: If Tony, top, if Tony Pollard doesn't play, I think Zeke is a top 12, top 14 running back this week just because of sheer volume. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys as well.
0: Browns travel to Washington. They're a two-point underdog on the road. Um, Washington has everything to play for. The Browns have nothing to play for. That is why I do think the Washington Commanders sneak out a very ugly win in this game. I'm taking the under. It's a 40 and a half point total. Uh, I'm taking the under. I think it's a low scoring, ugly game um, going Washington. Dana.
1: Um, I'm going to go with the Browns for the exact same reason that I think that the Browns have absolutely nothing to play for. So this will be in. Typical Browns fashion, this would be the week that the Browns play extremely well.
0: I hope you're right. The (laughs) Cardinals travel to another bird team that's struggling. That would be the Falcons. Falcons are a a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road, which is just wild because both these teams, this is just has to be one of the ugliest games of the week in terms of two teams that no one really wants to watch play. Uh, the over-under is 42. I'm taking the under on that. Um, and I, I think the Cardinals are able to take away with a win here. But it's going to be really close. Dana?
1: Um, I think Colt McCoy plays this week because I'm pretty sure he was out due to concussion protocol last week. And right. with how safe they're being, you know, their people are going to be out for at least a week just to be safe. Um, so I think Colt McCoy plays. I think D-Hop has a big game. Uh, I think the Cardinals also win this.
0: Bears travel to the Lions. The Lions are desperately holding on to their playoff hopes here at seven and eight. They're six-point favorite at home. I think they win this one, and I, I think they get themselves back on track and they make it really interesting in Week eight, 18 as they will have to win in order to to keep their playoff hopes alive. So they're in must-win territory. That makes a team dangerous. I like Jared Goff. I like Amon Ross St. Brown in this one. Uh, I would start both those guys in your fantasy playoff final. If, if you need a quarterback, I think Jared Goff is is definitely serviceable. Dana, this
1: is the highest over under of the week. I think both quarterbacks need to have a huge game to get the win. Um, I want to see Justin Fields do well, just as a, a you know a pocket as a passer and a runner in the league. Um, but I'm going to go with the Lions here as well.
0: Broncos uh, travel to the Chiefs. So- they're a 12 and a half point underdog uh on the road i would take the over on that i think kansas city blows them out i don't even think it's close uh yeah i mean mahomes and and company still have a lot to play for honestly they're they're competing with the bills for that number one overall seed they're both 12 and three so uh don't be surprised if uh The Chiefs come out, guns a-blazing, and uh, I would start all Chiefs and feel pretty comfortable about it. That includes Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I I, I think you could start them in an RB2 flex position and still feel pretty comfortable. Go Chiefs. Dana?
1: Yeah, I don't know how you could pick the Broncos on this one, even if you're not picking the spread of 12-and-a-half. I can't can't pick the Broncos at all. I I might have picked them like once or twice this year. i got to go with the Chiefs.
0: I'm surprised the spread's not bigger, honestly. I just feel like the Chiefs are going demolish. Um, Dolphins at the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are a three-point favorite at home, um, which I find interesting. I just think this Patriots offense is really lackluster. Uh, the Dolphins, yes, yeah, they've been struggling. They're on a four-game losing streak. I think the Dolphins find a way to win, and I think Tyreek Hill does have a big performance. I think they're going to find creative ways to get them the ball and – He's just the most dynamic, explosive player with the ball in his hands in the league. So uh, I'm going to go Dolphins uh, in a close. Dana.
1: I just – I don't think that the Patriots have enough of an offense for them to, to win, honestly. So I'm also shocked that they're the three-point favorite. So, um, But, you know, I am – I'm going to ride with that Patriots defense. I think the Patriots defense is going to give the – Miami offense, a lot of trouble this week. So I'm going to go with the Patriots.
0: Colts travel to the giants, two teams that are really struggling and the giants have to win in order to uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. They're a six point favorite at home. I think they, they win this one. I don't think the Colts win another game this year. Um, uh, You know, Saquon Barkley is really the only giants that I feel comfortable. In fact, the only player in this matchup that I feel comfortable starting uh, Giants win I, I think they cover the spread as well Dana
1: yeah I, I would agree with you there I, I haven't seen anything from the Colts that could tell me otherwise that would make me want to you know change my mind there
0: <clears throat> they traveling to the Eagles um, you know Eagles are trying to lock up that number one seed themselves they just need one more win to do that um, more than likely Gardner Minshew is going to start this game but, again, he showed last week that he's serviceable. I think you're starting all of your your Eagles and feeling pretty comfortable about it. The Saints have to find a way to win this game. I don't think this is the game that they find a way to win. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles uh, winning this one at home. Dana?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go the Eagles as well. I don't think New Orleans is – even with Gardner Minshew out there, I think Philly just has too good of a a team overall. Um, they're not going to – That I don't think they're going to lose to New Orleans.
0: To me, this next game is the game of the week, and that is the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm really interested to see how this game goes. Buccaneers are at home; they're three point favorite. But again, it, you don't know what Buccaneers team is going to show up. Um, and, and Tom Brady has just not been himself this year. And the Panthers—they've that's giving Deontay Foreman and Juba Hubbard the ball. So uh, I think the Buccaneers. Win this game, but I think it's really close, and I think it could be a, a three-point. So, I right is the way it is. So, I want to go the Bucks, uh, but just barely.
1: I think I got to pick the Bucks as well. Um, Deontay Foreman has looked great, and Sam Darnold running the offense surprisingly looks better than any other quarterback they had. Um, so, but I, I, I still think that I have to pick the Tampa Bay in this one.
0: Jaguars at the Texans, again, a game that the Jaguars must win if they want to uh, keep their AFC South um, championship alive. Um, They're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Houston, but Houston's been playing really, really well, and I think they would love to play spoiler uh, in this game. I still think the Jaguars maybe have a little bit too much, but I think it's a low-scoring game, 43-and-a-half point over under. I'm taking the under low scoring Dana
1: I think that this could turn out to be a decent game and you know the fact that Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have to win this one to continue to keep their playoff hopes alive I think it's going to really you know light a fire under their butts so I'm going to go with Jacksonville there as well
0: 49ers travel to Las Vegas the Raiders who are just a dumpster fire at the moment 10-point um, favorite on the road, San Francisco is. I think they continue to find ways to win. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the Raiders even have a chance in this one, to be honest. And that's what makes me nervous about Josh Jacobs for Elijah is I think the 49ers go up early in this game, and I don't think they look back, which is not a good script for Josh Jacobs. So um, I'm, I'm taking the 49ers, and I would be nervous to start Devontae Adams. I'd be nervous to start Josh Jacobs. Dana?
1: yeah i agree with you i'm being nervous to start them but you know like if i had either of them in my team i would i'm still doing it just because you just really don't know what what you're gonna get you could get a huge game you could get a dead game and you know it might be something you know that you're looking for is maybe you're looking for that big game against the the 49ers stout defense but i'm also going to pick the san francisco there
0: Jets at the Seahawks, two teams, again, another really good games. Both teams are seven and eight. Both teams desperately holding on to playoff aspirations. Um, right now the Jets are a one and a half point favorite on the road, which really surprises me, honestly. I think the Seahawks win this game and I think it's on the back of Kenneth Walker. Um, so if I had Kenneth Walker, I'd feel really good about starting him this week. Um, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks winning this one at home, Dana.
1: The Jets do have a pretty stout defense. Um, I do have Kenneth Walker and I am going to be starting him this week, but you know, it makes me a little bit nervous to as they are playing against the Jets, but I think the Seahawks can move the ball fairly well on them. Um, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks here as well.
0: Vikings traveling to Lambeau field for 425 starts. Um, Projected to be thirty-seven degrees, so weather shouldn't be a huge factor. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite. The Vikings are twelve and three. And, and the Packers are a favorite here at home. Again, they're playing really good football right now. They're trying to sneak into the playoffs. I, I actually hit the line. I, I think Green Bay wins this one by a field goal. Um so I'm I'm taking Green Bay. close game. Dana.
1: I'm I'll, I'm also going to pick Green Bay here. I think that even with the performance that Aaron Rodgers has had this whole year, these past few games, he's done just enough to get them by, and he's going to have to continue to do enough to get them to the playoffs.
0: Rams against the Chargers, the Battle of Los Angeles being played at you know SoFi Stadium that these two teams share. Um, so an interesting matchup there. But uh, the Chargers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite technically at home. They are the home team in this one, so we'll have Chargers on the, on the field. Uh, I mean, I, the Chargers have already locked in a playoff spot. They can't really move up and down anywhere. They're not going to win the division. Um, I think they'll still continue to play everyone, uh, and I think Austin Eckler will have a big game. So I am going to go Chargers, uh, but I think it'll be closer than everyone thinks. Dana.
1: I'm going to go Chargers as well, even though the Rams did have a nice game last week, but I don't think that um, Herbert's going to turn the ball over as much as um, Russell Wilson did.
0: Steelers at the Ravens has been flexed to Sunday night, so it's obviously a game that both teams still have playoff hopes. It's a rivalry game. Uh, The Ravens have actually already locked in a playoff spot, but they're trying to still win the AFC North. Um, It's in Baltimore. Baltimore is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but... I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. I, I think they find a way to win. The Baltimore Ravens just have not impressed me this year. Uh, and if Lamar Jackson is playing in this game, like I said, I, I'm just really hesitant to start him. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring, ugly game. The over-under is 35 points. It's one of the lowest I've seen on the week. So uh, it's going to be a low defensive battle, I think, and I think the Steelers will sneak out a win. Dana?
1: I'm gonna go the opposite here. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think regardless who's under center, either Lamar or Huntley, they both play a similar type offense and a similar type. Um, I think that Justin Tucker um puts the puts the ball through the field goal and wins this game for him.
0: And Monday night, I changed my mind. This might be the game of the week. It might be the game of the year. Um, when we look back on it, and that's the Bills and the Bengals. Um, two teams that are hoping to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Um, two teams with just high powered offenses. The game is in Cincinnati, but Buffalo's a one point favorite. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting. I just I think Cincinnati is playing really good football right now, and the Bills are just they treading water and keeping their head above water. Um, so I'm actually going to go against the threat. I think the Bengals win this game. And they seal up the AFC North and they win it. Um, and they're going to be a really dangerous team to anyone that plays them in the playoffs. I mean, they made the Super Bowl for a reason last year. I don't think it was a fluke. Um, and I think they're even better this year. Um, I'm starting any bangle. I'm starting, um, you know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. It's the Devin Singletary, James Cook thing that still makes me nervous. But if you need to start them, you start them and you hope for the best. Dana?
1: Uh, I like the Bengals this week too. I mean, I've liked the Bengals like all year, even when they were, even when they weren't doing so hot. I just like, you know, they started 0-2 and then they really have progressed since. Like, I just think that, I think, I just think they're too good. I think they have such good offense and their defense is just good enough to get them by that I think that they win.
0: And that is it for this week. Man, it's so funny. I I just have to tell anyone that's listened this long, you know, Dana and I at the beginning of every show, we're like, man, we got to, we got to shorten this down. We got to make this as quick as we can. We got to try and make it an hour. We're now going on 148 minutes right now. It's insane, but you know, always good conversations. I always enjoy talking to Dana about it. So I don't mind doing it, uh, you know, Season is coming to an end here so we won't have nearly as much to talk about so maybe our goal of keeping the the show to an hour will be realized in the off season but uh man it's it's been a wild ride this season um and i really appreciate you uh you you continuing to do this with me on a week-to-week basis
1: absolutely man it's it's always a ton of fun to you know sit down and and you know, pick your brain over over actually talking rather than just text on some of these matchups. And um, you know, a congrats to anybody who made the championship and is playing in the finals. Congrats to you, and may your may your teams win. Unless uh, you know John happens to listen to this, then I hope his team loses this week against me. Obviously, um, yeah, but no. Anybody who does listen this far, thank you so much. We do it for fun, and you know, if it if at one point it does blow up, I would obviously we would love it, but. Um, you know, hey, continue to play fantasy football. It's one thing that people are involved in it and just love it, just enjoy it.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I do have to say, of my four teams, one team has made the fantasy uh, the final, and it's a two- so. Uh, last week, I scored a hundred and seventy-two points, and I'm up sixty points right now, heading into the week two matchup. I'm an eighty-two percent chance of winning, so. I'm feeling pretty good. Bringing home that that championship trophy is is the goal. So, um, wish me luck.
1: Best of luck. Should yeah. be an easy win.
0: Yeah, hopefully I finish out the job. So, uh, until next time, appreciate you guys listening. See ya later.